Salutations. Welcome to Pod Mortem. I'm Travis Hunter, joined as always by my co-host, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Hi, I'm Renee Hunter Vasquez. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. This week, we're broadcasting live from the annual Stabathon, discussing the 2011 slasher sequel, Scream 4. This film was written by Kevin Williamson and was the final film directed by the late, great Wes Craven. Scream 4 reunites our fan-favorite crew from Woodsboro as they are once again terrorized by the murderous and mysterious Ghostface. Considering this film was a direct sequel and something of a soft reboot, Scream 4 fittingly aims its satirical slashes at franchise fatigue and horror remakes while also offering timely social commentary that is somehow even more poignant now than when it was released. This film was suggested to us by friends of the show Liz Heath, Dylan, and Jimmy Comer. We want to thank all of them for their support of the show as well as this suggestion. So, Scream 4. What were your first impressions on the film? Um... (laughs) <laughs> yeah i'm already upset <laughs> <laughs> we uh, cannot be surprised that uh, come on going into uh, this i knew that even doing another scream film it was going to be like pulling teeth with jp so i was but i was yeah. hopeful i was hopeful it's better than the third one okay okay yeah it's better than the third <laughs> one um this is comedy horror it's horror comedy mm. I think it's comedy <laughs> horror, but I, I I will say that I I uh, it is it is better than the third one. I did enjoy this one a little more, if not just because of me screaming at the movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it it was it's a scream movie. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is. For some people, I that's mean, a good yeah, thing. I, you can say it's a scream movie, or you can say it's a scream movie. Yeah, because that, well, that's my opinion. Me not too. the second one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm of the second persuasion. Mm -hmm. Even, okay, like I know we came down pretty hard on Scream 3. Right. But we were talking about it the other day and even bad Scream to me is good. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I talked a lot of shit about Scream 3 and there are some parts of it that I'm like, yeah, what were we trying to do with it? Like what were (laughs) y'all thinking with this part? But I've still watched it 800 times and I will still watch it again. Mm -hmm. So it's like, even when it's bad, it's good. And right. Scream 4 is good already. Yes. So seeing everybody back and I don't know. I was um I've seen one through three so many times uh-huh. that I think I've only seen four once. Wow. Before the show. Huh. Twice, maybe. That's right. a big maybe. So I didn't remember a lot of it. And once you've seen movies over and over and over again, like I have with the first three, mm. it's a treat getting to see everybody <laughs> back for four. Like, that's why I'm so excited for five. Cause I'm like, my friends are back together. <laughs> like, that's what it feels like. It's like a high school reunion. Yes, except we but wanna, I want to be yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> we want to see these people. <laughs> I'm totally in agreement with you. I genuinely really like this movie. And I feel like it often gets overlooked in the franchise when people talk about it. Do you think it's because it came so much later? I think that's probably fair. I mean, it was 11 years after Scream 3. Yeah. That's kind of a big gap. And they were cranking them out. They were. It it couldn't be because it wasn't that good of a movie. So anyway. Well, that's not. (laughs) Cut his mic. (laughs) (laughs) For me, I think that this film kind of goes back to its roots. Right. I think it maintains a lot of what makes these films so great. Right, right. Kind of what they lost in Scream 3. Okay. To me. Yeah. Like the tone. Yeah. I will admit that it does lean in some moments a little too heavily on the humor for me. Right. 
I can think of one in particular that I really said, come on. Yeah. <laughs> As I was taking my notes. And I'm sure it's the same moment that I'm thinking of. But I think that the thing is, is that the, the nostalgia and fan service is literally for me. Right. Yeah, like, definitely. Even though sometimes they do some fan service and they're like, hey, guys, we just did. So. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. But it's like I can only be mad to an extent because half of me is like, yes, yeah, thank, thank you. you. So um, I won't say names because I don't want to put anybody out there. Mm -hmm. But somebody described this movie and I was like, you're totally right. Uh, he said this scream is like if the CW decided to make a horror movie. And I was like, you're absolutely right. I was like, this is not. Well, I'm glad you're not saying names because I got beef with somebody. Uh, yeah. so at least Whoever I don't know. this is. <laughs> you're on hey, That's good shows, right? Mm, well, well yeah. I'll see. Anyway, <laughs> we all hate something. All right. right. <laughs> But I, I think this is a very welcome course correction after Scream 3. It, it, it is. One thing I do want to do at the end of this episode, if you will oblige me and join me in it, mm -hmm. I want to re-rank the franchise with new scores before we score this one. Okay. I am happy to because I was looking back and I, I could have been nicer to Scream 3. I could have been nicer to Scream 2. Yes, and I felt very bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I said, I feel like... I'm trying to even think of how long those episodes were ago, but we've talked a lot about how we struggled with rankings uh -huh. at the beginning and right, how we were right. trying to objectively looking at blah, 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 yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's like, no, like we were talking about it before we started recording. Sometimes they just like trash. Yeah. And some, yeah. I mean, sometimes objectively a movie can be shit, but I'm like, oh, easy. 8.59. Like, I mean, <laughs> but that's now. Yeah. 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 That's me. That's what I think. Yeah. So yeah, I would um, be happy to get the opportunity to be a little nicer Okay. To a franchise that I love so much. That's the thing is that we were way too serious. Yeah, yeah. Back then. Mm, yes. <laughs> like we were snobs. I had a monocle on. I threw that away a few weeks ago. But we're like, please take us seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing is, is that having rewatched the entire franchise, I, I did that this week. I watched one, two, three, and then I watched four mm -hmm. preparing the script. It just, it is even, like you said, even when it's bad, it's great yeah, still. Yeah. And there is something about this franchise that I think will kind of always have a special place for me, mm -hmm. which is why even with the new Scream that's coming out, it doesn't matter. I'm going to see it. Like, yeah, it doesn't even matter if it's good. No, like, I'm I don't still going to buy it when it comes out. I'm still going to throw it in the rotation. Uh -huh. I don't care. And even I if it's side eyeing me, I, I love don't that care. for y'all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I said, I know I give it a lot of shit, but it's a scream movie. Yes. They're I'm not saying it in a bad way, like but they're all the same. It's a they're, very they're specific a yes, vibe. It's yeah. a formula they follow and every movie has it. Some of them not as well. Mm -hmm. Others do it better, but these are scream movies. You know what I mean? They they all follow the same thing. I do want to say that I think I might be able to answer some of the moments that we don't like. Okay. And the reason for that is I heard a lot of conflicting things. Mm -hmm. We know this was written by Kevin Williamson. Right. He wrote one and two and did the story outline for three. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then three was eventually written by Aaron Kruger. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't they? Mm -hmm. uh, and that was kind of the issue here. Oh, God. Because <laughs> <laughs> he did the full script. Right. He, he wrote it all. But then after 
And this is the thing. In 2011, he did an interview with Entertainment Weekly where he said, oh, it was no big deal. You know, we got into an argument with the wine scenes a little bit, but everything was <laughs> oh, fine. Oh, the fucking yeah, wine scenes. Of course. Jesus Christ. But he says, and then, but the thing was contractual. I just couldn't be there. So I had to go work on Vampire Diaries, which was his other series mm-hmm. at the time. And he's like, so they brought in Aaron Kruger to do some rewrites <laughs> and it was fine. No big deal. But then in 2020, he did an interview and he was like, yeah, there was a lot of studio bullshit. Oh, so I'm like, no. And even at the time, Wes Craven had tweeted about how it wasn't the script that he was wanting to make. Fuck. Completely. That sucks. He said it's got a lot of Kevin Williamson still in it, but yeah. there are some moments that... Uh, you definitely feel him in the dialogue. Yes. And I, I do wonder when it comes to rewrites, I don't know how much was changed, really. Uh-huh. I do have a lot of deleted scenes that are interesting that I'll kind of talk about a little right, bit. Right, right. But I feel like this one feels way more Kevin Williamson than three did. Oh, no, for I sure. Don't, I don't know what three was supposed to feel like. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> the, but it, this is, I think maybe, maybe that could explain why I just kind of, I was like, I don't know. That, and again, I'll, we all take notes. So we're kind of, you know, we'll go through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I I was just like, what? what the, what's happening? I'm like... And it seemed like the moments that I didn't like could have fit right at home in Scream Yeah. <laughs> so, Definitely. You know, I was wondering if that's the thing. But I do want to end the intro on a very happy note. Right. This being, unfortunately, Wes Craven's final film. Mm-hmm. I did see an interview on a featurette on the DVD where he said that the main draw to this film for him was, like we had said, bringing the entire family back together. He had the main cast, mm-hmm. the screenwriter, the cinematographer, the composer, it was light. Oh, yeah. nice. And so I think this is a very fitting and it's a heartwarming send-off yeah. for yeah. a horror legend. Icon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, before we remake this film for a new decade, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, let's return to Woodsboro. Now, obviously, this film relies heavily on having already seen Scream, Scream 2, and Scream 3. If you haven't, we'd advise you to go watch them or go listen to episodes 13, 33, and 49 of our show as a refresher. So the film begins with a telephone ringing on a side table. We watch as Sherry, played by Lucy Hale, answers it, only to be met by the voice provided by Roger Jackson once again. It's literally the opening to Scream. Yeah. It literally, yeah. Like, completely. The thing to me, though, is that throughout all four films, Wes Craven, I read, kept Roger Jackson away from the cast. Mm -hmm. Every film. And so every single time, this dude's just a mystery to everyone. Well, I feel like it's better that way because if you were just, like, eating ramen with him while they all were on break, you know what I mean? He's like, now let me cut you up. Ah, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Ah, run. No, but seriously. (laughs) It keeps that like mystique right, yeah right. because that's the voice capital t capital v mm-hmm. like and honestly i've seen him and he just seems like a nice this yeah, a random exactly. dude. <laughs> don't ruin it please don't but the voice asks who is on the other end which is an odd thing to ask when you've made the call but sherry is not down for any games and tells him that he has the wrong number and hangs up she heads into the kitchen where her friend trudy played by shanae grimes beach asks who is on the phone sherry shrugs it off as a wrong number and the girls get ready for movie night Sherry has picked Saw 4, which Trudy immediately shits on. While Sherry thinks Jigsaw's kills are creative, Trudy says you don't care who dies because there's no character development. I was like, girls, girls, you're both right. (laughs) (laughs) But Trudy is transfixed on her phone and when asked, reveals that she has something of a Facebook stalker. 
He apparently leaves her messages like, hey, what's up? You're hot. And more importantly, I want to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the natural progression. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) modern dating, right? I mean, shit. But Sherry says to delete him, which Trudy did, but he found his way back in. Sherry says to report him, but apparently he's very hot. So she shows Sherry a faceless ab photo of the stalker, and Trudy is absolutely being catfished because it is, in fact, Channing Tatum. (laughs) Yeah, that was so fucking funny. I think I'm trying to remember when Catfish came out because I'm like this people were getting fooled left and yeah. right. It's so sad. Like <laughs> how much of a hit human decency has taken. Because <laughs> that's got to be your first inclination now is, oh, that's not what they really yeah. look like. Yeah. But back then it was like, this dude is fucking ripped yeah. and he's talking to me. It's like who in Woodsboro is shredded <laughs> like this? <laughs> but this is when the phone rings again. So Sherry answers it. Once again, it's the voice asking who is on the other end. Sherry says, a more impatient version of the person you just spoke to. Very good. Yeah. (laughs) That's when I'm like, man, okay, Kevin Williamson, he's still got it. But he says that she doesn't have to be such a bitch. And when she rushes to get off the phone, he threatens that if she hangs up, he'll cut through her neck until he feels bone. At this point, I I enjoyed the catfish bit. No, Uh that's not funny. But I was like, is, was this straight to DVD? I was like, what's happening here? It feels like, very rushed, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I was like, I don't know. I was like, I'm a little confused right now. Well, the escalation. It's yeah, just like, I was like, okay, yeah. now, like now we're just, cutting bone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, fuck. You don't want to ask a question. Yeah, yeah. You usually warm up a little bit. Do you but. like horror movies? Yeah, <laughs> right away. But yeah, because I remember sitting in the theater and right now I'm like, you know, I don't know how I feel about this. This kind of feels like scream by the numbers. Literally, yeah. yeah. And I was a little worried. Yeah. But Trudy asks who is on the phone. So Sherry hands it to her, saying it's for her. Great friend. (laughs) (laughs) After telling the voice her name, she asks who he is, and he tells her that he's the last person she'll ever see alive. I don't like that line. It's it's nitpicky. I feel like the last person who's ever going to see you alive is scarier. I, yeah, I thought I was like, what? (laughs) I was like, what do you mean? How are you seeing me? It's not, yeah, not to give anything away, but it's said again later. And both times I'm like, I don't like that. No, well, to me, it made me think about like that literal eye shot of Principal Hembry in the first scream. (laughs) That was the last person you saw. It was. But I mean, I guess I guess it could be scarier. Yeah. Again, this is like the B-Squad. <laughs> but Sherry tells her to hang up since it's just a prank. And after she does, Trudy asks if all the doors are locked. Sherry tells her to calm down. But just as they get up to check, the phone rings again. This time, they do not answer it. But this is when Sherry's phone vibrates. A message from her stalker, answer the phone. They do not. Yeah. Instead, they head to check the front door. And Sherry is still shrugging off the entire thing as a prank. Before Trudy can check the door, the doorbell rings, causing both girls to scream. Trudy tells Sherry not to open it, asking who it is, but getting no reply and saying they should just call the cops. But her phone vibrates again, with the stalker daring them to open the door. Sherry obliges, swinging the door open to find nothing. Now, they both seem Mm well-versed in horror films. Mm Mm-hmm. I was very disappointed in Sherry. <laughs> well, no, you yeah. never fucking opened the door. Not only that, where's the peephole at? Like, I don't know. Like, see, there was, <laughs> I was like, you're not looking through the the hole to see who it is. This is no. Expert, turn- expert yeah. victim mode. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, these are the all or nothing days. Yeah. <laughs> 
And what year is this? She's using a fucking sidekick? See, and that's something they talked about in the commentary. They said they were trying to make it ambiguous because this film's 2011. Yeah. But that shit's like 2003 I, technology. I, yeah. I John Paul was very it, confused. Uh, yeah. yeah. He went on a whole rant about sidekicks. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> they talked about it on commentary, but I like the sound they made when they flicked open. Oh, oh no. Yeah, fuck. of course. Those, those are really cool. It makes me feel like I'm 12 years old again. <laughs> Even though I never had one. I think just my friends did. Yeah, I, but they I didn't either. Cool. Yeah. They did look cool. But this is when Sherry steps outside and looks around, saying no one is there. This is when Trudy's phone vibrates again, saying, I'm not outside. I'm right beside you. Out of nowhere, Ghostface leaps into the frame, stabbing Trudy in the chest. As Sherry runs to escape out the front door, a second Ghostface slices her throat. She slinks down, bleeding out as the music swells, and we get the title... Stab six. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, okay. I, I felt better. Yeah. <laughs> but still not. No? No, I felt a lot I better. Oh, yeah. Me too. It, it was all too fast. It was yeah. all. Oh, yeah. Ghostface <laughs> didn't fall once. Uh, I no. mean, it was very. Like he's clumsier than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, I was like. There's there's no way this is the movie. I was no. like, this is fucking. Yeah, there's no Scooby Doo uh, chase scenes. <laughs> I'm like, I was. I was put at ease when I saw that it was a stab film. I can't tell you because uh, we went to see it at the theater and it was like full of people. Yeah. Mm, I and bet. the relief that washed over everyone. <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah. Like really dude? I know it's been 11 years. You gotta yeah. <laughs> get your second win. But I, I just, I genuinely think that it is so genius that they did this. And they even said on commentary, Wes Craven's like, look, we were trying to, even though it felt kind of like scream, they're like, we're trying to make this corny. Well, they, they it worked. Yeah, yeah. No, they did. It did. Yeah. Succeeded enough to but, annoy me. <laughs> and so, yeah. but they did it in such a way that like they could have gone way over the top. Uh huh. So you're like, is this stab or yeah. is this just has Scream kind of lost it? Like, yeah, yeah. They did it in such a perfect way that you can't. Well, I mean, look at Robert Rodriguez's stab. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like that was <laughs> way over the top. That was way worse than this. She's like, I don't even know you, and I'm beginning to not like yeah. you already, or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, this is really bad. But we pull back from a television to reveal Rachel, played by Anna Paquin, and Chloe, played by Kristen Bell. After the lackluster opening to Stab 6, Rachel turns off the TV, annoyed at the idea of a Facebook killer and calling it the death of horror. Chloe, who kind of dug it, says that Twitter would make more sense in all fairness. <laughs> I love that that's her. Yeah. She's like, yeah, Facebook is a little, <laughs> it's a little outdated. It makes me laugh because that's 2011. People were already over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But Rachel grabs a drink from the fridge, saying it's all been done before. The self-aware teens and their meta-deconstruction of horror eventually taken out one by one by Ghostface. She says, stick a fork in 1996 already. Chloe actually likes the stab movies, though. And compared to other subgenres, she says that there's something real about a guy with a knife who just snaps. It could happen. I agree. Right. I think that's one thing we've learned from this show is that slashers are like, we always liked slashers. Mm -hmm. But I feel like watching and critiquing them as right. much as we have, I've grown to love them more than I ever thought I could. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you could be just sitting somewhere drinking some coffee with your friend. Mm -hmm. Guy breaks through the window, asks if you read Sutter Kane. <laughs> I mean, it's... I mean, <laughs> ask, ask what? Right. Do you read Sutter Kane? <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> I can't do it as good as him. But, but still, my throat hurts. Can. Yeah. <laughs> I need a lozenge. That's great. Some guy gets his voice piped uh, in. Yeah, and, yeah, you know. It can happen. Anything can point. happen. 
But Rachel calls bullshit, saying that it's all a bunch of cliche bullshit. Recycling (laughs) (laughs) old ideas without an element of surprise. You can see everything coming. I love that Scream always finds a way to have a character say what they know their critics are going to say. Yes. It's almost like, I remember it's like, we know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't fucking (laughs) save your blogs. (laughs) But it's smart because it's like owning it before someone owns you. For sure. It's like, look, we understand. And also putting it in the mind of the audience this early. Yeah. It's very smart. Yeah. And also very risky because now you have to deliver something new. Yeah. But this is when, out of nowhere, Chloe pulls a knife, stabbing Rachel in the stomach and asking if that surprised her. Rachel asks why, and Chloe says because she talks too much, stabbing her again and telling her to just shut the fuck up and watch the movie. So I think that's also talking to the critics. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just have fun. But as Rachel dies, Chloe turns the TV back on, revealing the title, Stab 7. We talked last week about double dreams. Yeah. <laughs> and it gets to the point where I'm like, I don't know if I can trust yeah. you, Bill. Like, well, <laughs> well, they've already lied to us twice. Yes. Yeah. Although I'm glad they lied again because then fucking uh, Kristen Bell's the killer. We yeah, just saw I, I, <laughs> There's no who done it. I, yeah. I was like, thank God. I yes. was like, what is happening She's here? She's definitely not getting into the good place. No. Am I right? <laughs> uh, <the> television. <laughs> I have not watched the show, so that's my only comment. (laughs) Television. (laughs) Yes. But we pull back again from another television to find Marnie Cooper, played by Britt Robertson, sitting on the couch with her friend, Ginny Randall, played by Amy Teagarden. Ginny is stoked about the opening to Stab 7, saying it gets her every time, but Marnie could not be more confused. Ginny explains it's like the Twilight Zone, a movie within a movie. But this only raises further questions, and Ginny tells Marnie that she's just overthinking it. Marnie says the writers were underthinking (laughs) it. (laughs) and that's exactly why she's not into these films considering they live in woodsboro though jenny's like well you're not in the mood you better get in the mood (laughs) marnie though says that the films have nothing to do with woodsboro and that these films are supposed to be based on a true story right jenny says the first three were based on what happened to Sidney prescott until she threatened a lawsuit and then they just started doing their own thing I really... <laughs> but wasn't that in Woodsboro? Well, yeah. So why did she say they don't have anything to do with... The ones after the yeah. original trilogy. Oh, yeah, the trilogy. ones after. Yeah. What, what, I, what I appreciate is that even this fake franchise has yeah. gone off the rails. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she so says, many real franchises. Yeah. <laughs> she says Stab 5 has time travel. Oh, uh, yeah. I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, well, they did put Jason in space. Yeah. So I'm like, they did. everybody's having trouble. He takes Manhattan. He man. does. <laughs> An entire yeah. fucking <laughs> burrow. But when Marnie laments that they hear enough about this story every year, Ginny counters that at least Woodsboro is known for something. I mean, I guess I would yeah. rather be known for <laughs> yeah, something not good. That. Yeah, the town we live in is known for a few things, but none of them are good. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> and I'm not proud of it being, at least we're known for the highest COVID spread. Yeah. Nope. Fucking nope. high fiving. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm we're not at proud a of it. NASA launch or something. <laughs> <laughs> but Jenny then hears a noise coming from the second floor and gets up to investigate, with Marnie staying downstairs. Jenny gets to her room, which is filled with butterfly decor. Yeah. I thought that might come up later. It does not. It doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) But she chalks the noise up to a draft coming from an open window. But downstairs, the phone rings, which Marnie reluctantly answers. On the other end is the voice. Now, he had been credited as the voice, but the subtitles just straight up said Ghostface. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just going to call him. We know what it is. We do. Ghostface asks who he's talking to. 
Marnie gives her name and asks who he is, and he says <laughs> she's the last. Sorry. <laughs> He's the last person she'll ever see alive. <laughs> it just could be better. That's it all I'm be. saying. But I will say it fits very well if you think about certain things that come later. I was I was just about to say that because it doesn't really mean a lot now. Yeah. But just hold on. Interesting. It <laughs> yeah. sounds funny. It does. Yeah. It's not a good line. Yeah. <laughs> Kruger. <laughs> We're just going to blame him for everything, I think. Anything we don't like. But as fear starts to set in, Marnie hears laughter on the other end, and it's revealed to be Ginny playing a joke with the use of a voice changer app. Marnie is not pleased, and we watch as Ginny shuts her window while Marnie continues to admonish her on the phone. It's all fun and games until we hear what sounds like Marnie being choked on the other end and the line goes dead. After a crashing sound, Ginny rushes downstairs to check on her friend only to find the phone on the floor and the lights out. I'm going to be honest, even going through my script, I forgot that it was Ginny that made that call. <laughs> and I thought it was forecasting but, something no, later. Yeah. I mean, well, it's still kind of dead. Yeah. yeah, well, we can pretend. The stab films are important. Yes, yeah. okay? very That's much. what we'll take from it. It's setting the stage yes. for later. But Ginny critiques Marnie's prank for following standard horror conventions, but then gets the shit scared out of her when the phone in her hand rings. We also see a shadow dart by a window. Oh, yeah. Ginny says Marnie can't do the voice because she doesn't have the app, but we hear Ghostface on the other end say that he is not an app. And when Ginny asks, he also says that he is not Trevor. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. He tells her to think of him as a director, and she'll be playing a part in his movie. Unfortunately for Marnie, her part has been left on the cutting room floor. He then tries to paint Ginny as a dumb blonde archetype, but she counters with her GPA and IQ. Now... Anybody who knows their IQ offhand is an asshole, right? <laughs> Unless people are always like, you're just blonde with big tits. Yeah, and she's sure. like, listen. Uh, 142. <laughs> <laughs> but he once again says Marnie did not make the cut. And Jenny says that it's not funny. The thing is, though, this isn't a comedy. It's a horror film. And she better start running. Suddenly, Marnie's body comes crashing through the back door and Ghostface appears in the doorway. So... First of all, this seemed exactly like the moment in the original screen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like it felt right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, oh, now we're in it. Yes. Like that's for me. That's what it felt like. It's like, okay, now we're home. Yes. And I am so glad that those stab fake outs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just shows like, I guess the maybe to Wes Craven, just his skill that you can right. feel that difference. Mm -hmm. in, yeah, you know, yeah. Because you definitely can. The difference between when he's fucking around and yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, let's make an actual movie. Now. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. Come on. I was very surprised, though, on commentary. They said that this film was shot in Michigan. And so there are a lot of reshoots done because most of it was shot in the summer. Uh -huh. And then there are shots that are shot in the winter. And there was snow like all over the place. Oh, shit. He said that this shot of Ghostface peeking in after he throws Marnie. Right. There is a, like a blizzard behind oh him. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> he said they had to remove it digitally. Damn. Can't even tell. No. No. But Jenny screams and runs for the front door. And after fumbling with the locks, heads upstairs. Her attempt to hide is foiled almost immediately with Ghostface chasing her and stabbing her in the back, sending her tumbling down a set of stairs leading to the garage. Uh, the hiding was piss poor at best. It was, yeah. She was, was really just yeah. standing at that door, like waiting for him. Like, did she plan to meet him <laughs> yeah. later? Or? I was like, what are you doing? Like, no, he knows I'm here. 
I thought you had a 4.0. Uh-huh. What happened? Yeah. yeah. 140, whatever. But Jenny hits the garage door opener and crawls to the exit. She gets halfway out before Ghostface shuts that shit down on her spine before dragging her back inside. Standing over her, he raises the knife, stabbing her as she screams. We then get the title, Scream 4. So this, of course, feels very much like a little callback to Tatum. Of course. Just a little, I mean, not as... Not as gruesome. No, Tatum. I love Tatum. And she did not deserve what she got. But (laughs) that, as a child watching that, that one really stuck with me. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the garage door? Yes. uh, That wasn't really what stuck with me, but. Well, you're talking about. Oh, how excited she was for the party. How cold the garage was. was She really wanted to be in the You're like, damn, they filmed this in the winter (laughs) too? But I think it's fun how they kind of hint at things that are familiar, but change them up a little bit. Right, right. It's kind of like the main theme of the entire movie. Yeah. Um, when I noticed when she was running through the house, the house was like uh, barely being built. Like, did they run yeah. so much that the house <laughs> unbelt itself? Or I was like, what's that? I was like, no. what the fuck is going on? I was like, none of this was shown from outside. Like, there was construction going on. There was. This film has time traveled. She I went know. back <laughs> to when the house was being built. All right, all right. The house was I like, gotcha. you can stay, but I'm leaving. So <laughs> like, you want to get, you want to be dumb and get yeah, killed? That's on no, you. Right. But the thing was, is that they said a lot of these things. I think that like maybe there was one or two sets in the entire film. Right. The majority of everything was on location. So I took it as I guess this house was just getting their garage remodeled. Yeah. <laughs> with, with no explanation. No explanation. <laughs> But to the sound of very upbeat music, we get shots of a sunny street in Woodsboro following a car as it parks outside of a bookstore. I miss Red Right Hand. Me too. Is I, there a reason? I don't know. I was personally offended. <laughs> <laughs> it just felt kind of naked. Like It, it uh, did. Because in your mind, you're like, this is where it's supposed to go. Yes. Especially with the shots of the town. Exactly. Like that's in if you're trying to redo right, right. Scream. But there is a moment later that I feel like is maybe a nod to it without saying it. Okay. Um, I could be up my own ass with it. <laughs> and I will <laughs> gladly accept that criticism when, when the time comes. I do want to say that the music in this film is aggressively 2011. <laughs> yeah, no. But that's okay. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> I do. I did enjoy the song on the end credits a lot. No, that was good. But I do think that a lot of this... I probably felt dated in 2012. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but out of the passenger side of the car steps Sidney Prescott, played by Nev Campbell, who stares at an array of ghost face decorations lining the street and kind of shrugs it off because it is the anniversary. Sydney! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just no, every time one of them comes up, I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. Again, high school reunion, <laughs> yes. but the good kind. Right, but one I want to go to. <laughs> But this is when Rebecca Walters, Sydney's assistant, played by Allison Bree, draws her attention to the display in the store window. Trudy Campbell. Yeah. But it, I'm like, Trudy Campbell would never. The more we get to know. Oh, no. I'm like, no. man. No. Pete Campbell might. <laughs> Pete would. <laughs> but we see the enlarged cover of Out of Darkness, A True Story of Survival by Sydney Prescott, as well as several copies underneath and a sign that says, Today Only, 1 p.m. So first of all, no shit out of darkness. Yeah. She's fucking coming back to Woodsboro on the anniversary. Yeah. yeah. Kind of a big deal. And to promote the book, the timing of it is 
Uh, it's unfortunate (laughs) (laughs) I really loved this character arc for her because when we caught up with her in three she was afraid of her own shadow Mm -hmm. she wouldn't even leave her house so the fact that she's I mean I know at the end we're like don't leave your fucking gate open Sid (laughs) but She's like taking her power back. Well, because in Scream 3, she forgets that other criminals do exist. (laughs) (laughs) But I just, I really liked this for her. Not only that she would come back to Woodsboro on the anniversary, but that she wrote a book about it. And she's like, look, I'm not scared. Yeah. Like, you go, bitch. Like, I was proud of her. (laughs) She's moving forward. Yeah. And in huge ways. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like Sydney would never do that. Like, it feels (laughs) like she would get there eventually and she did. I right, just really right. liked it. No, I, I think it's great. You love to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the strength of this character. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, <laughs> yes. that, that is one thing that I do want to call out about the Scream franchise. Mm-hmm. They really, I mean, I understand that they get a lot of criticism for kind of being delicate and protective of their characters. Right. But anyone who is a fan of this franchise has grown so attached to these characters that I don't really care about their plot armor. I don't give a fuck. Me neither. I know John Paul's making face because as you were talking, I got the thought, one of what if one of them dies in the next one? And I oh, felt God. the pain in my chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, and that's so- <laughs> But that shows that they've built I'm like, let whoever in the new cast kill all of them. I don't care. <laughs> don't touch. No. No. I I get it, but I mean it makes it to me, it makes it less special. So if Doofy's in every single movie... Stop calling him that. Dewey. His name's Doofy. His name is uh, Dwight. Call him Dwight. <laughs> I will not be calling him Dwight. <laughs> um, but like if he Dewey's in every movie and he always gets hurt but then bounces back, I'm not going to care the next time he gets hurt. I will. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, it's a, I do understand. Like I get the attachment to the characters because mm-hmm. there are certain shows I watch that I'm like the same way. But it does. I have like after a while, it's like kind of like with Dragon Ball Z. It's like, oh, Goku's just going to beat whoever they put. Why the fuck are they bringing a new character? It, it does. get no, after that's a while. totally valid. Yeah. It's just after a while, it's kind of like, yeah, it's like, do I really care what happens next? I totally understand that point. I will say that coming into this one. Right. I genuinely felt that they were the most unsafe they've ever been. Because okay, there's like an entire brand right, new cast. New yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, fuck, are they going to try to move Change on? Yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. Um, and what you're saying is super valid. I just, this franchise gets a pass for me. I don't know why. Like when we would watch The Walking Dead, I would get so annoyed because you're like, I okay, know, you know, know. you know, fucking uh, Daryl's not, he's fine. Yeah. Like that would piss me off. But in this, I'm like, don't fucking touch them. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly, on commentary, mm-hmm. they had said that the original opening to this film was going to be Sydney doing like a release party for her book, and Ghostface crashes it, kills like everyone there, wounds the shit out of her, and then we flash forward three years later. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, and so I guess the <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's kind of difference. a big yeah. That- <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so glad they didn't do that, first of all. But they, whenever they changed their mind in the studio, was like, no, we don't want you doing yeah. that. Kevin Williamson wrote the stab fakeouts and stuff over a weekend. Oh, <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> did um, Sydney spend the whole movie in the hospital with a wig on? Like, how did we Good Lord. That's the only way it could have been worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we then cut to a shot of a bedroom where Dewey Riley, played by David Arquette, is awoken by the sound of an alarm on his phone it is the theme from Beverly Hills Cop, <laughs> which is hilarious. Yes, it was. 
JP can't stand it. <laughs> I okay. I asked your sister, uh, wasn't he hurt in the last movie? Like he limped the entire movie. See, he did, and I did want to talk about that because they had mentioned it. I read, I can't remember where I read it, but they said that in the script itself, they say that over the past 11 years, he has gone through extensive physical therapy. Oh, okay. God. Get out of here. <laughs> we didn't read the script. Yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> No, so but clearly his lump I, is gone. Yeah, uh, I was like, wait, he was fucking hurt that whole yes. movie. No, and, and his two, lump was hilarious. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, two <laughs> and three. Yeah. yeah. So it carried on for years. Yeah, now he's just fucking he's he's fine. Yeah. Rolling out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as he gets out of bed, Gail Weathers Riley, played by Courtney Cox, rolls over and reaches at his empty side of the bed. Just thrilled to see them together like i'm bursting get back together and I, yeah, I, I, I was glad that they were both here but i was like this is gonna be some ridiculous shit why because the only- they're both very over the top on on camera and it's i'm not saying that it's a bad thing uh-huh. but it is a show when they're on there it's like oh gal's finna get in some shit <laughs> you're like well, that uh, <laughs> san andreas meme he's like yeah. oh shit yeah. <laughs> here we go again i just felt like like they were real people. I'm like, wow, Gail stayed in Woodsboro no. with them. Like I'm yeah. just like, I'm like <laughs> You love to see when love perseveres. <laughs> love wins, y'all. No. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I will say about small character moments. Right. In this scene, you do see Sydney's book on Dewey's nightstand. Right. And I thought that was very sweet. All right, I all love right. that because that means that he's the only one yeah. who's read Sydney's book. <laughs> yeah, I know what the fuck. <laughs> nobody else has. But as Dewey exits their large house, dressed for work as the town sheriff, a seemingly new version of his Final Fantasy theme playing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's not exactly the same, but it is close enough. No, yeah. Well, it's a modern age. Fair. But as he makes his way to his vehicle, an SUV speeds by blasting rock music. He screams out, hey, 25, stay alive. The driver of the car, Kirby Reed, played by Hayden Panettiere, shouts out an apology to Dewey over the music as Dewey just mutters, Kirby. Best part of the movie. Kirby. <laughs> I love I, Kirby. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. Well, then uh, we're in agreement. Yeah, no. Yeah. We're all, we're all. I, when he was like, this isn't even going to be good, blah, blah, blah. I was like, your girlfriend, Hayden Pan- Panettiere, is in it. Well, why didn't you lead with that? I'm like, yeah, that would have been a better lead. Just <laughs> no, she's so good in this. Yeah, she too. is. That is your fault, Nay. <laughs> I know. But I should have led with that. I do personally think that it's a great thing, but it's also a detriment because there is someone who is playing her friend that she just acts circles around. Yeah. yeah. And her being so good, kind of. Yeah. No, unfortunately, I agree. Oh, yeah. But I would wager to say that Kirby is my favorite part of the film. Oh, yeah. She's the Parker Posey yes, from three. Yeah. I mean, she's has less on her shoulders because Parker Posey no, really yeah. carried all of Scream <laughs> Three. But yeah, she did. Kirby was a huge bright spot in this oh, film. Yeah. I just I oh, love yeah. her. I do also want to point out that when Dewey mutters Kirby, his mouth says "fuck," <laughs> 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 which I think is. <laughs> I don't know if they should have left that. I don't know. <laughs> That was a choice. Yeah. Uh, turned into Gizmo. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Fuck! <laughs> but Kirby pulls up to a house and honks her horn as her friend Jill Roberts, played by Emma Roberts, steps out and approaches the car. I don't want to be mean. I do not find her a great actress. Um, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I will say, I personally don't care for her. Right. Um, 
when I saw her, I was like, great. Yeah. So <laughs> she, we all had the same did, reaction. I guess so. <laughs> she did better than what I was expecting from right. her in this. There are moments where I'm like, fuck. Like, she's annoying. Yeah. And like, pretty boring. Like, I wish that her character was more likable mm-hmm. uh-huh. or more dynamic or more something really anything yeah. i'd say charismatic May- yeah or maybe that. You know? i mean yeah. even because okay the minute that she gets in the car we're already s- establishing a very familiar dynamic mm-hmm. and it's already before we even dig in any further which i know you're going to mm-hmm. jill equals new sydney right, like, right. That immediately as soon as she gets in kirby's car you're like okay kirby is Tatum ish. Right, right. Jill is Sydney. Sydney had a personality right. when she was in high school. Like, I just wish, and maybe it is nitpicky. I was, before we got started, I told both of y'all, I was like, I have some uh, personal sins. Yeah. Um, I wish that Jill was just, had a little more substantive, I right. guess, is my issue. And I, I already, like, she, I'll admit, she already had, like, she started at a deficit. I was going to say. I don't like him. <laughs> There's already a strike. But, yeah. yeah, there was a strike. But I can put that to the side because this is fucking scream. Mm-hmm. Right. So she needs to find a boyfriend and give her a necklace, sing to sing her. Sing the the I mean, I need something, Jill. Okay. Mm. I just objectively, she falls the character falls flat and that has oh, nothing yeah. to do with Emma Roberts. But I feel like the thing is, is that honestly, even if. And I, I don't mean to say that it does fall on Emma Roberts, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like... You're like, what if it does well, yeah. <laughs> Think about this. I think that Kirby is so successful as a character, partially because of the writing, but partially because Hayden Panettiere is great. Yes. She is. But, the, but I mean, even go back to the original. I loved Tatum. Uh-huh. I thought Rose McGowan was very fucking funny. I thought she was, just like we said about Kirby, very right, dynamic. Right. She was a good BFF. I still cared about Sydney. I don't yeah. give a shit no, about yeah. Jill. I'm just being honest. No, I don't, and you're not I mean, alone. I mean, yeah. protect Kirby. <laughs> at, like all you, no, at all yeah. costs. No, yeah. I don't really care about your friend Jill. I don't. Why isn't Kirby the new Sydney? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now I'm mad. What I what I will say, and she hadn't done American Horror Story yet, right? I don't think so. But in in like American Horror Story and, and what was that show? Scream Queens? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. She, Emma Roberts, is always this blah, 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 bitch, like very blonde, very one-liners, yeah. very I'm hot and better than all of you, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. It was refreshing to not get that from her. Okay, yeah. As Jill. Right, right. Uh, we'll talk more later. <laughs> um, but the, I was like, okay. I And again, I know that she hasn't done that yet, but in mm. my mind, I've already, I, I seen yeah, it. Yeah. I, yes. I know what, you, what you're typecast as. I right. know what you know, we have to expect from you, period. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, if her hair's brown, yeah, then she's maybe. a nice girl. <laughs> like, I, okay, I get it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, uh-huh. it's a very, like, formulaic to me. Right. I'm just kind of sick. I'm just kind of sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was playing the same character over and over. Yes. Yeah. For, for a good clip. Yes. So um, I will give her a point in that column. I feel, I feel like just my personal distaste for her, uh-huh. maybe because... That we uh we love Evan Peters in this house. Right. Yes, we do. Um, and domestic violence is domestic violence, whether you're mm-hmm. a man or a woman. Right. Uh, it's kind of hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard, kinda for hard me to... to to divorce myself from that. Right. But it's scream, and we're here to have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Kirby tells her before she gets in that she has to promise not to kill her. As it turns out, Trevor called her last night because he wants to know how upset Jill is. 
Jill is about to go off, but shuts the conversation down as Olivia Morris, played by Marielle Jaffe, gets in the back seat. First words out of Olivia's mouth. She also got a call from Trevor last night. He says that he's worried that Jill's cousin returning to Woodsboro is distracting her from how sorry he is. (laughs) (laughs) I know we we haven't even met Trevor yet. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's a red flag. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No. But I'm sorry. (laughs) It's like, oh, my God. But Kirby starts driving and Olivia asks Jill if she's seen the Grim Reaper, the angel of death. Jill doesn't get it, but Kirby says they mean her cousin. It's the last stop on her book tour and the beginning of a new chapter in her life. Kirby calls it dramatic, but says that Sydney's the reason that she loves horror movies so much. Jill admits that she doesn't really know her cousin all that well, and Olivia says that everywhere Sydney went, people died. Then she jokes that Stab is the wrong franchise for her, saying that it should have been Final Destination. Damn, man. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> Jill, fucking cousin. Dude, Jill just letting them talk. She's like, right? <laughs> well, I know, that bitch is crazy. She didn't really know her. Yeah, but, but it's still family. <laughs> family who has been through a lot. <laughs> I guess. But this is when Jill's... <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Just the non-committal, whatever. <laughs> I mean, if I don't really know you, I mean, whether you're family or not, I don't know if you're capable of... Or, you know what I mean? I, uh, I know, it, I know. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, if this is her mom's sister was murdered as well. Right. Yes. So, I mean, it's like... That started I, I everything. Know, yeah. He's like, yeah, talk that sass, yeah. Olivia. <laughs> what the fuck? Go off, son. <laughs> but this is when Jill's phone rings and it's a call from Jenny Randall. The other girls remark that they hate Jenny, which is kind of a red herring because Jenny is dead. Yeah. yeah. And when Jill answers it, we hear Ghostface on the other end. He says, hello, Jill. What's your favorite scary movie? Jill puts it on speaker and Ghostface repeats himself angrier before Jill just hangs up on him. <laughs> He's like, bitch, did He's you, like, did you hear me or not? <laughs> <laughs> but the girls are a bit weirded out, especially Olivia, who says that she got a call just like that this morning from Marnie. Kirby's like, what? And accidentally runs a stop sign, slamming on her brakes to avoid a wreck. Kirby's a horrible driver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was like turned all the way around. Yeah. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> but Olivia sums up the almost accident with the angel of death. Back in town, Deputy Judy Hicks, played by the always fantastic Marley Shelton, watches as maintenance workers remove ghost face decorations from street lamps by the orders of the mayor. I love her in this. I have beef with her. What? <laughs> I look, I understand. We've got some allegiances here. Yeah, we do. Very strong ones. But you're telling me that she's not fantastic? She's great in everything I've ever seen her in. And she plays this character very well, very funny at times. Right. It's, I've got no beef with her. Okay. But Officer Thirsty, <laughs> we, we got a little problem. That's all. I can I can understand. <laughs> But Dewey walks up, greeting her, then comments that one generation's tragedy is the next one's joke. Judy apologizes that Dewey still has to deal with all the ghost face business, then says that she wishes she was old enough to have been on the force with him back in the day, because investigations like that really create strong bonds. <clears throat> this, you're not telling me this dude's some kind of sex symbol now. Stop eye humping... Doofy. He's a hero. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> he has saved the day. He saved the day multiple times. And he, he taught himself to walk again. Or Parker Posey saved the day. Well, Parker Posey well, saved yeah. my day. Right. <laughs> we, we know. 
But after kind of, I mean, she's clearly in love with him. Right. But she immediately pivots and asks how Gail is doing. Dewey says that Gail is doing great. In fact, she's taking a stab at writing fiction. No pun intended. Right. <laughs> fiction? Yeah. I was like, okay, Gail. Good for her. That's development. Yeah. But this is when Judy offers Dewey one of her lemon squares, which he declines. She's like, you're not cheating on your wife if you eat one of my lemon squares. And he's like, no, but I would be cheating on my diet. Oh, oh Dewey. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is where I was like, oh, I don't like you. Oh, like, that yeah. was... Well, it's a lemon I, square. No, nah, you don't no, take it too far. You're I not cheating your sister, on your wife. Yeah. yeah, I was like, bitch, do you know? Do you fucking know Gail Weathers? Like, do you really know Gail? But it makes me laugh because it's like maybe in the past they've had conversations and, and he's like, okay, that would be cheating on my wife. So <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, it's this, a lemon square. <laughs> this does imply that. Yeah. I will say, though, that I just, I love so much the level of intensity that Dewey always brings. Like, this yes. man... Nobody takes themselves more seriously. (laughs) Everything out of his mouth is hilarious to me. He's just, he's so funny. And I will say that he has some of the best reactions in the game. (laughs) Like, I I love David Arquette. I just think he's fantastic. No, he's great. Yeah. But I, I also thought the whole cheating on my diet, like this weird small town sheriff. I was going to say it's very... um, yeah, it's small town. Uh, gotta watch the weight. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. just like, who are you? You don't... like survived multiple yes. massacres. And he's over here like Mondays. Am I right? Working harder. <laughs> but the sweetness is soured when Dewey receives a call on his radio from Deputy Anthony Perkins, played by Anthony Anderson. Love it. We, we just did Psycho. Yeah, we did. <laughs> well, I guess if you can name a character Sam Loomis, in yeah. another, <laughs> might as well. But he tells Dewey that they need to get to the Randall place. It's bad. Real bad. So they get in their vehicles and head out. Is that the police code for... You yeah. Need to come over? <laughs> real bad. Yeah, it's like, oh, he says it's real bad. <laughs> There's no code there. Yeah, I was like... Just, it's a 1019. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's real bad. Oh, it's real fucking bad. a small town. <laughs> I do want to say there is a deleted scene, I believe, goes here where they actually arrive at the crime scene itself, and it's fucking gruesome. Oh, yeah? Why'd they cut it out? I don't know, but I saw it on the DVD, Mm -hmm. and they have it where the killer has hung Marnie from the ceiling fan. Oh, wow. Holy shit. Was she spinning? No. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately. That would have been too funny. (laughs) No. That would have been great. You're like, that's comedy horror. (laughs) But she's hanging from the ceiling fan. They have written in blood on the wall. What's your favorite scary movie? The place is just filled with blood. And Wes Craven cameos as the coroner. Uh, all right. I would have liked to. I would have liked that. Yeah. I, I know. The blood seems kind of saw-ish, maybe. I well, know. I mean. It's- Humans can lick, too. <laughs> I don't know. Remember in Urban Legends yes, in the Walls? No, I, um, <laughs> I, he cameoed as the custodian in oh, the first screen. That's right. So I that's feel like right. that would be very cute to have him, no, yeah. you know, back. And he did cameo in Scream 3, but we were too distracted by Jane that's Silent right. Bob. That's yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> but I think that this scene would have worked also because, especially with you saying that uh, it reminds you of Saw. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that what we learn later, it does make a lot of sense that movies are being referenced right yeah so i think it would have worked and i would have loved to seen Wes craven again oh yeah yeah. but back at home gail sits at her computer watching an interview with sydney and a tv host played by nancy odell now 
interestingly, Nancy O'Dell was an actual host on Entertainment Tonight at the time, mm-hmm. but she also cameoed in Scream 2 and Scream 3. That's so cool. Uh, so they're just bringing everyone right. back. Well, everyone alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she puts Gail on blast, Nancy O'Dell does, asking Sydney if the Stab films and Gail's book have made it harder to go on. Sydney says that she doesn't blame Gail. It's all in the past and that she wrote out of darkness to reinvent herself and shed the label of victim. After literally one question, the interview is over. Yeah, that was it. (laughs) Well, she thought she was going to get some tea on Gail. Well, that's all the time we have. Thanks for nothing. Never mind. But apparently, Sydney's books have received rave reviews. I think they said New York Times bestseller. Right. Like, it's, it's doing gangbusters is i don't understand what that means i would read it i would read it interestingly though if you look on gail's desk Uh you can see all of gail's books there's the woodsboro murders that's the original scream Uh there's college terror (laughs) which i'm guessing is scream two and then there's hollywood horror which is scream three but then there's others and so i'm like wow it's kind of bullshit that she stayed on she wrote the other stab films i'm guessing well Listen. <laughs> Did she write the time travel? <laughs> I, it was Fiction. my it yes. was my understanding that she only wrote the first three. Uh-huh. And that's why four and beyond went off the rails. But you know, I'm a Gail Weathers apologist. Um, we all love Gail Weathers. But I'm not gonna say that that would be beneath her no. <laughs> to continue writing those books. I mean it kind I mean it fits her. Yeah. For better or worse. But Gail turns off the video and gets back to her blank word document that just says chapter one. We have all been there. Yeah, no, I'm writing the same exact book. (laughs) She stole my idea. Yeah, I'm pretty pissed. This is what they must think when they want to write a new screen movie. Ah, come on. (laughs) Cut his mic. (laughs) (laughs) But she just stares at the blank cursor before angrily typing out, I have no fucking idea what to write. See? (laughs) 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 But we then cut to Woodsboro High School, where we get that iconic scream music playing, the super dramatic Marco Beltrami choir stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, I know I said, see, this is another reason why I want to rescore at the end. I said on our scream episode that I thought the music was like kind of eh, mm-hmm. but it's super dramatic and I love it. <laughs> right. I don't know why I was being such an <laughs> asshole. We were trying to be very serious. <laughs> <laughs> I think in all fairness, there were oddly placed scenes. Like there was one scene where Sydney was just sitting on the couch yeah. and it was like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on, man. <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> But we dipped down from the school to find Robbie Mercer, played by Eric Knudsen, switching on a camera attached to an earpiece, welcoming his viewers to his show, Hall Pass. He approaches Olivia, Jill, and Kirby, asking them his Woodsboro Massacre anniversary question, what's your favorite scary movie? Jill asks where he heard that, and he's like, it's a line from Stab One. The group is then joined by Robbie's friend, Charlie Walker, played by Rory Culkin. I love Rory Culkin. Yes. Yeah. He's uh, in Signs. He is. It, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Signs, huh? Yeah, great. Hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Moving on. He's also, I don't know if you guys have seen Lords of Chaos. Oh, yeah. That movie no. is fucking great. I've heard of it. I've never seen it, but I know he's in that. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, he's fantastic in that. And I do, of course, have to shout out his brother, Kieran Culkin, because he is my favorite part of Succession on HBO. The Culkins, well, man. They're yeah. good. Yeah. 
I also heard on commentary it made me laugh because they put fake pillars uh-huh. on the school because in the original Woodsboro High School it had pillars on it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so on commentary they said that some lady drove by and was like, They're wasting money on pillars. <laughs> like she got so pissed <laughs> off and Wes because like Girls styrofoam. Yeah. <laughs> like it's the art department. They're not even real. I just called him Wes like we were on yeah. speaking terms. <laughs> Mr. Craven. But since Olivia and Jill don't have an answer to what's your favorite scary movie, Robbie asks known genre fan Kirby her favorite scary movie. She sarcastically answers Bambi and the group bails. So already I'm like, this is Randy and Stu. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie tries to tell her that the whole Bambi thing was a good one and they kind of share a look, but don't. It's yeah. like high school bullshit, you know? Well, immediately I'm like, please get together. Yes. Like, there are- I want them I'm- to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like already into it. I'm rooting for them so much. But Robbie says that she doesn't even know Charlie exists, but Charlie remains hopeful. At their lockers, Jill tells Kirby that Charlie definitely likes her, and she says that she likes him too, to tease and torment, etc. Poor Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) But Jill tells her that she could do a lot worse, but as soon as she closes her locker, we see Trevor Sheldon, played by Nico Tortorella. Billy Loomis. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say that he, so far... He's the only person in the cast that I was like, oh, he's definitely not a high school yeah. student. <laughs> I, I swear I thought he was going to ask him where their hall pass was. I was going to say, get to class, ladies. <laughs> but he does have his bag sh- slung yeah. over one shoulder, so he's trying to be like a youth. Like the youths do. Yeah. I did also want to point out that as the scene opens, you see a bust of Principal Hembry. Uh-huh. Oh. Kind of like an in memoriam. Right, right. And I saw in a deleted scene that they have a full shot of it. Oh, shit. And for some reason didn't end up in the film. I wonder why. I don't know. I wish they would have because, I mean, we didn't know much about Principal Hembry. No. uh, Besides the fact that he was real aggressive with the students. (laughs) (laughs) He was going to cut them. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know... It's the fun. Pay your respects. Yeah. Yeah. But Kirby bails immediately when she sees Trevor and Jill tries to walk away, but he asks to talk to her. He says that he never should have let her go. And Jill gives a very 90s WB teen drama spiel. Is your brain leaking? (laughs) (laughs) But she says that she loved him and what he did wasn't letting her go. It was betrayal. And I was like, this is Kevin Williamson, man. Yes. (laughs) But she leaves and Robbie pops up, ever the charismatic host, saying that Trevor just got denied live on Hall Pass. And then he's like, what's your favorite scary movie, man? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you can't pivot like that. The balls on this dude. (laughs) It's like, no, but seriously, I'm running a show here. (laughs) But Trevor says that he'll show him and just growls at the camera. And I was like, is it something from MGM with the lion? Uh, (laughs) That wasn't a movie. Not at all. Robbie runs away. Yeah. But in the next scene, Gail arrives at the bookstore for the end of Sydney's event. Now, there is a deleted scene before this mm-hmm. where Dewey and Gail are at the sink in their house. She's brushing her teeth, getting ready for the day. And he tells her about Sydney's event. Right. And he says that since he has to work, she should really go and support Sydney. Gail's like, well, she's never gone to any of my book events. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you know, just kind of like, just go. But there's this yeah. tension there. And I think it would have it works better because... It's funny to see Gail watching this shitty interview with Sydney yeah. and then getting mad that she can't write. And she's like, fuck it, I'm going. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just, I like Dewey, no, yeah. you know, I like that part better. 
Uh, before we move forward, I would like to say shout out to Gail's hair <laughs> because it has made a full yes. um, apology <laughs> for the bangs. Yeah. She looks fantastic. That's all I'm saying. I feel like they tried to outdo. <laughs> yeah. like, she's going to have the best fucking hair anybody's we ever had. We really need to. Yeah. <laughs> But Sydney is finishing up a speech about empowering women to overcome their fear and trauma to step into the sunlight and out of the darkness. The crowd applauds and Rebecca reminds them to snag a book for the signing before they sell out. Sydney notices Gail and approaches her, with Gail offering her congratulations for her book, even though she hasn't read it yet. <laughs> Sydney should have been like, I'll send you a copy. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, she gives Gail a hug. But Dewey walks in and Sydney calls out to him and gives him a much warmer and larger hug. But it's clear that Dewey is not bringing good news. As a police cruiser parks very awkwardly outside. I was going to say <laughs> real quick, this is how you handle your for these. They crashed that bookstore. They did. <laughs> There's innocent people, civilians Could wandering. Could just be walking by. What are you doing? I do. <laughs> it's like, Dewey, you're in control. Yeah, yeah, no, there's no chill. There's no chill. But Dewey tells all the attendees of the book signing to stay where they are and remain silent. Judy helps keep them in line, and when Gail asks what's going on, she tells her that it's police business. Gail does not take this very well, so Dewey spills it. They believe a phone was stolen from a crime scene, and Judy has traced its location to this bookstore. But he says that the rest is need to know. Why, why would he say that to Gail? Because it's not her business it's right not. now. He's trying to and work. That's his wife. It is his wife. He, literally, all he had to say was, I'll tell you the rest later. He's he's the sheriff, right? Yes. Okay. You remember the sheriff from Misery? Yes. Again, he's the But they were cute. <laughs> I know, but he's responsible <laughs> for the town. Yeah. No, I it's get not... it, but be like, I'll tell you later. Don't be like... Bitch, well, you he, don't need to know this part. You can't though. say in front of all yeah, these people. Yeah, oh, I'll tell have, you later. <laughs> they should have a, like a yeah, wink. Yeah, right, I'll like share a, evidence with you yeah. later in our home. A Lucille Bluth wink. That well. means I'll, I'll tell you later. <laughs> but then everyone's like, what the fuck was yeah. that? <laughs> What's wrong with your eyes? <laughs> but Dewey whips out his cell phone to call the number, and we hear it ringing outside. Deputy Ross Haas, played by Adam Brody, directs Dewey to where the sound is coming from. I love Adam Brody so much. Yes. What is he doing here? I don't... He's I'll, having a blast. No. We don't get enough. <laughs> yeah, he we don't. should have been more. That is one of the sins. You get Adam Brody, mm -hmm. fucking use him yeah. a lot. Oh, no, yeah. There is something just flat out special about this I dude. Yeah. <laughs> but the noise is coming from the trunk of Sydney's rental car. Rebecca tosses Dewey the keys of the car and they open it up to find the cell phone and a knife on top of a stack of blood-stained copies of Sydney's book. Sydney hopes it's just a prank, but Dewey says that it isn't, taking her away. The way she said it was like, Dewey, tell me this, like, like Dewey's pranking yeah, her. You're yeah. fucking with me, Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> you know. He's literally the last person yeah. that would do this. And he came in so seriously. There's no way. He came no, in yeah. Dewey serious, yeah. which is like <laughs> another max. level. Yeah. But Gail gets a better look inside the trunk against Judy's protests and honestly, like, physically trying to restrain her. Yeah, yeah she, like, smacked her arm out <laughs> <laughs> But back at Woodsboro High, Mr. Baker, played by John Leopard, is attempting to teach his class when every student's cell phone begins to ring. He asks if anyone wants to share what's going on, and Olivia blurts out that Jenny Randall and Marnie Cooper were murdered last night. Robbie's like, what's your favorite scary movie? I'm like, is he rehearsing Stop. for yeah. later? <laughs> like, it's like he's a malfunctioning machine. What's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> no, I can do that better. I can do that better. 
But Charlie and a few others stand up to look outside the window where they see news vans parking outside the school. But we then cut to the Woodsboro police station where the media is also swarming outside. Somebody, I don't know, one of the reporters uh, called Sydney Prescott a local celebrity victim. I'm sorry? Which like her whole point of her book is not being a victim. Like, I was like, how fucking (laughs) rude. You you can literally just say local celebrity because she is. Or local survivor. Literally. I'm like, what a a bitch. (laughs) I hated that. She didn't read the book? That's it. Nobody did. I do. I want to point out as well, there is a scene that was cut that I would really prefer was here. Uh-huh. They have all the kids minus Jill. Right. They're sitting against the fountain in the town square, just oh, like Scream. Man. Yeah. And they're talking about their theories of like who it could be. Right. And they're like, well, where were you last night, Live Trevor? Alone. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really put a spleen in the mailbox? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. I wanted it so bad, but they cut it. It's called tact, you fucker. Because <laughs> that's very tactful. Such a horrible life. <laughs> but inside the police station, after snagging and eating a lemon square and being greeted by Perkins and Haas, Gail attempts to head into Dewey's office where he's interviewing Sydney. She's stopped immediately by Judy, who tells her that she cannot go in there, considering civilian intervention in police business could prove problematic in the court of law. She's doing the right thing, Nay. I know you're not. I was actively biting my tongue. You know what it is? (laughs) She has stopped biting her tongue. (laughs) I think Gail Weathers is my id. (laughs) I think that's her plot. I think fully unchecked, no conscience, no nothing. Like... I don't know. She's she's fantastic. I just love her. We all love Gail Weathers. She's awful. Yeah. But Gail does not give a fuck about any of that, and after a few barbs, attempts to barge her way in. Dewey opens the door, asking Sydney if she'll give them a minute. Sydney gives them the room, and Gail tells Dewey that she knows there's been another murder, which, despite the fact that it's not public information yet, is all over the internet. Almost like the Scream 2 script. <laughs> <laughs> but she's annoyed that everyone knew before her. Judy sarcastically says that Gail wants to be part of the investigation, and Gail retorts that she literally wrote the book on this, slamming the door. She did. Judy, fucking go sit go sit down somewhere. Doors have locks. You don't need to stand there like a fucking Rottweiler. Like, go somewhere. Hey, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I do laugh because every single time she says something along these lines, she's like, she wants to be part of the investigation, Sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know why it makes me laugh every time. But Dewey tells Gail that she is not a reporter anymore, but Gail stops him. She wasn't just a reporter. She helped him solve this thing three times, the two of them, together. But Dewey says that since he's the sheriff now, he can't allow her to help him. So Gail says that she's going rogue. I'm going to blow this fucking case wide open all by myself. (laughs) And I'm going to be like, I tried to come to the sheriff, but he didn't want my help. So you're going to burn your husband? Yeah. No, he'll still love me. I'm be glad. I, hey, I think it, okay, I'm I thought it was just somebody <laughs> else at least uh, understood. When you, when you wouldn't let me help you, it was just business. Now that I figured it out by myself, it's well, our marriage now. Hold on. I, if, if she helps and does it and solves it on her own, that's business. But if she's like, yeah. I'm fucking share it, yeah. that's not business anymore. <laughs> that's personal. Okay, maybe I wouldn't do that. But I would... <laughs> Just him saying that, I would solve the entire case by myself. And just on pure spite. She didn't solve these she by helped. herself. She said we did it together. 
I, not them. What when he was fucking beat up in the uh-huh. the sound room on the floor with the pizza on his face or some Correct. shit? Why was or the pizza? On the, on his yeah. face? he stepped in a very yeah, cheesy pizza. I, 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 <laughs> when when are you helping this gal? What are, with your bad hair? What the fuck are you talking about? The hair was a distraction. No, Listen, it's all part of the Gail Weathers experience. I, I do want to point out very quickly in Scream One, she stumbled upon everything after Billy and Stu had unmasked. In, wait, in Scream 2, Mrs. Loomis had her at gunpoint and Mickey was already unmasked. She had in the wherewithal to plant the fucking cameras. But I will give her Scream 3 because they were on the case, her and Parker Posey, yeah. to eventually find out it was Roman. But uh-huh. Parker Posey figured But she figured, yeah. She saved the film. <laughs> so one of the gals, right? I'm yes. Team Gail. Look, I, I need a t-shirt. I'm Team Gail. I just want to point out, I love Gail. But she can be a little hyperbolic. Yeah. <laughs> I single handedly. Like I did it all. Yeah. Myself. And she did try to give Dewey credit that he solved it too. Right, right. Even though he did not. No. They're all survivors. If you just said we all survived this thing together, nobody's gonna call you on it. Right. And and on the cool, I mean, he's right. He's the sheriff now. It's not about look. I'm he's a deputy. The sheriff now. He's got. He's got the whole <laughs> department. That's, that- that's <laughs> your retort. <laughs> Because it's right. I've just, got nothing. just to repeat him in a weird voice. <laughs> oh, so you could take my help when you were a deputy, but now that you're the sheriff, now I can't help you. Well, because we could go off together and do stuff. Now I'm I'm not responsible for everybody. I'm Deputize only responsible. Me. I don't know if that's, that's all that works. <laughs> Is this the good verb? I don't yeah, know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what it means. Do we get a gun on each side of you and then and deputize? Then my, yeah, yeah. Then I had and then throw yeah. a little water on you. It's like rise, <laughs> deputy. <laughs> it's like being knighted. Yeah, Baptism. yeah. But Gail leaves the office. However, before bailing, she tells Judy that her lemon squares taste like ass. This was improv, right? which makes me laugh because Dewey immediately comes out and he's like, they don't, yeah, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> don't be nice to her. Why, mate, out of the I, goodness of her heart. I knew you were going to have a problem, though. I was like, she's going to be mad she just because so of that. She is so clearly trying to take well, Dewey to bone well, town. Yeah, of course, but... Uh, okay, look. A, fucking disrespect. So out of pocket. She doesn't even know what a pocket is anymore. And you're going to be like, no, your, your lemon squares are delicious. Fuck look, you. No, mate, whether- See, I don't care if that's the best lemon square you ever had in your fucking life. First of all, why are you eating it? Secondly... <laughs> why are you eating it? It tastes like ass. First of all, it's a lemon square. I will eat, like... Don't fuck. I don't care who made it. That's cheating. <laughs> I'm literally kidding. <laughs> That's even too far for me. You had to <laughs> immediately, immediately but recant. Don't yeah. But, but don't be nice to that uh, bitch. That's all I'm saying. She's very sweet. I said what I said. But Perkins approaches Dewey, telling him that two high school students, Jill and Olivia, received calls this morning from the victims' phones. The two girls are seated with Kirby in an interview room and are joined by Dewey, Judy, and Sydney who greets her cousin with a hug and checks in on her. So Sydney gets to be there for the investigation, but Gail doesn't? It's her family. Yeah. They don't even know each other. See, that was that was my thing. The embrace and, oh, how are you doing? If you just said earlier y'all weren't close, I mean, yeah, I could, oh, hey, how's it going? But not the, are you okay? It's like, what? Well, she did kind of go through some shit this I morning. Yes, but, but. I think that, first of all, they're all like 17 or 18 maybe yeah, yeah. where are their moms i guess sydney is maybe the adult in the room that allows is allowing this yeah, to yeah. be able to go on not for kirby or for the other one well she's like their surrogate mother I don't <laughs> she's a survivor yeah she's like, right. listen she likes horror movies because of me so. yeah so i'm i'm basically her mom <laughs> no but i think that the thing with what is going on like her saying that they really don't know each other right but 
the fact that she even had a small taste of what Sydney has survived for like 15 years. Yeah. I mean, I, I, okay, all I right, get all that. Right. I just feel like, um, I don't know. I don't, I didn't think she needed to be in there. That's all. Cause I, Gail wasn't allowed to be in there. Nay, we all love Gail. <laughs> You're like on this like crusade that I, <laughs> I just don't understand. But the girls say that they got phone calls and Kirby's like, it was the voice of the killer in Stab or, you know, from your life. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that experience you had, those experiences you had. You know what it is. But Kirby says that she didn't get a call and asks if that means that she's not going to live as long as her friends. I like died in the theater. That was hilarious. But what Dewey says is even funnier. (laughs) Dewey's like, no. Maybe. But then he's like, "Of course not." I don't. He's like, "What am I doing?" He's like, "No, I'm thinking." I mean, maybe. But with Kirby thoroughly freaked, Dewey has an aside with Sydney and Judy. Sydney says that she should probably just leave town, but Dewey says that she can't. Unfortunately, everyone's a suspect. Judy says, with the evidence in the car, Sydney could even be a material witness. She's very by the book. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! <laughs> she didn't read the part about fraternization. Oh, what lemon squares that are part of the book. specifically against <laughs> the rules? This is not about the goddamn lemon squares. Like, let's be adults about this. I I get it. She wants. Do you know what I mean? She wants. She wants him to she, eat her yeah. lemon square. Hey, well, I'm gonna continue to be a child about this. <laughs> <laughs> if we're gonna be getting so graphic. <laughs> <laughs> But Dewey promises Sydney 24-hour police surveillance, which is better than nothing, I guess. It is. Kind of. I mean, in horror films, everybody that is surveilling will get got. Right. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) We already know this. But outside the station, Rebecca gets a phone call and is absolutely beaming about the murders and what it'll mean for her financially. Yeah. um, No... Not even trying to be like, oh, may God rest her soul. (laughs) Just flat out... So I was confused. This is her publicist or her yeah. agent. Or, yeah. Why are you not with your client? Why? Like, every, she's got to be like, hey, more, I, more death. Because like everything you see, Pete, their publicist stays with their client. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are there? They're all, oh, you know, we can't take any comments or we don't, you know, whatever. This lady's like, oh, this is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. It's like, dude, your client's like, somebody's trying to kill them. She's right. Going through it. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't even care about that. Yeah. And I, I kind of see Sydney as the person who would be like, no, I, I'm going to go reconnect with my friend. You yeah. can stay outside. Yeah. yeah. No, I get that. But I mean, she doesn't seem worried at all. No, no, no. she's thrilled. Yeah, yeah, she's, yeah <laughs> she's very excited. Yeah. <laughs> but she rushes off the phone as soon as she sees Gail leaving the station. I, I have to point out, too, because we were talking about how everybody's uh, all these new characters are like iterations mm-hmm. of the originals. And she's clearly Gail. Right. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but you should like Deputy Judy because she's basically Dewey. She is. But she is trying to homewreck. And I can't she's, support it. Look, I don't believe she's, she's adorable. trying to Her character is adorable. No, she's. No, she's. Yeah, the, she's the, the, the lemon square. Don't make me say it again. Look, nay. <laughs> if, you, if you say the word lemon square. <laughs> <laughs> One more time, I'm quitting the show. <laughs> About to lemon square up. <laughs> Nate, stop. <laughs> she is a, an adorable character because she is Dewey. Yes, right. basically. Taking herself and her job entirely too seriously to the point where it's hilarious. She is trying to step in on my girl's situation, though, and I, I can't. 
I can't abide by it. I respect. Hey, <laughs> that's it. That's a, <laughs> this is now the unheard of. <laughs> it was never edited. It was lost. fucking <laughs> the lost, lost. tapes. <laughs> But Rebecca introduces herself and tells her that it's an honor to meet her. She says she watched her show religiously and that top story with Gail Weathers was her 90s. Gail says that it's Gail Riley now. And Rebecca goes on about how Gail gave it all up for love, but gives her kudos for falling off the professional map and asks if she has any plans to revitalize her tarnished brand. Damn. When, <laughs> when that came out of yeah. your mouth, yeah. did it feel like a compliment? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was so rude. Yeah. Rebecca is promptly threatened. <laughs> <laughs> and Gail walks off with a still got it. Yeah. At the Roberts home, Kirby and Jill watch from the kitchen as Dewey and Sydney chat on the couch. The two girls are joined by Kate Roberts, Jill's mother, played by Mary McDonald. Kirby says that Sydney is super pretty, but she's sure that she has all kinds of scars. <laughs> it's like, what the cool. fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I bet her body's fucked yeah. up. It's like, Jesus Christ. What a weird yeah. thing to say. Yeah. I didn't even realize how weird that was until I said it again. <laughs> but <Wow. laughs> it's like, I bet you peek under that. Yeah. <laughs> But Kate, thinking that she means emotional scars, brings up the fact that she's Maureen Prescott's sister, so she has tons of scars too. She's like, no one ever asks about mine, though. I'm getting like some resentment here. They're like, right. this isn't about you. Yeah. It's like, so anyways. Yeah. Uh, I asked your sister, so uh, how canon is this? Because I don't ever remember hearing anything about an aunt or a niece or... Well, I mean, it's no. all it's all connected. So, I mean, I... From this movie. Well, well, you know, uh, <laughs> retroactively. retroactively. They were siblings in the dream. Yes. Right. <laughs> I, part of me thought that they were trying to build up a little red herring here. Right. With her. That's what I, yeah, that's like kind of what I, Like super jealous. Yeah. But in the living room, Sydney asks Dewey how he and Gail are doing. He says that he's fine, but Gail, not so much. Small town life, small town husband, writer's block. She asks if they're okay, and he tells her an old saying. Just when you think things can't get any worse, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they get better. Sydney smiles because it's actually a quote from her book. He read it. Yeah. yeah. It's very sweet. Yes. After she's been hearing all day. Well, I mean, I haven't read it, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks. I mean, not right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. But Dewey says his goodbyes, and Sydney stops him at the door, telling him that it was nice to see him and that they've been through a lot together. And he says that they'll get through this too. I think this moment is very sweet. Yeah. I did, but I was like, don't look at each other like that. Why not? Yeah, no. No, Dewey's the surrogate big I, brother. I, I, I don't care. Don't look at her that way. Are just you just be like, hey, pat her on the shoulder and walk away. <laughs> it's tough. Tussle yeah, her hair. Yeah. Like, All right, champ. And then leave. <laughs> I think because, I mean, just seeing them together is good enough. I know. But then you realize, like, they do have a lot yeah. of fucking history together. Yeah. Her best friend and his sister dead oh, you know yeah like, it's just had sad. yeah they never talk they never talk about her in that context there is oh yeah yeah it's upsetting to me yeah i wanted them to talk about it in scream too very badly yeah because it was the freshest thing yeah. right and they didn't but there's a deleted scene here in this film i'll bring it up where dewey does talk about it and okay. it's like why was that not yeah. you know it's just annoying it's weird but upstairs jill heads from the restroom to her bedroom where she is jump scared by none other than trevor Pulling an absolute Billy Loomis, despite cops literally being outside, he tells her that her being in a house with Sidney Prescott is like being on Top Chef with Jeffrey Dahmer. 
No, it's not. Uh, what? <laughs> Is she cooking people in my kitchen? Yeah, I was like, what? what do you know about her? It's like, shut up, Trevor. But Jill tells him that he shouldn't be here, but he says that since she got a call from the killer, she'd be a lot safer with him around. She says that she doesn't trust him, but he says he'll have to just make sure that she does. That's not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. It's like, you will trust me. No, it's not really how it works. It doesn't work yeah. that way. But then he just starts to touch her face a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, Sydney walks in, interrupting everything. I was like, Jill should have rigged her closet door to block her. Right. But she apologizes for interrupting, and Jill says that Trevor is her ex, and he is leaving. Trevor calls Sydney the one and only, and says it's nice to meet her officially. Yeah. Red herring as fuck, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, we're already looking at this dude because oh, he yeah. is Billy Loomis 2.0. Absolutely. So, I mean, you already got a couple strikes yeah he also says you're a lot smaller in person yeah yeah cool <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't know what that means thanks <laughs> but after saying that he'll pick up a copy of her book he sneaks out the window sydney can't shake the deja vu telling her cousin that she reminds her of her stop that why well this she's was, not i know oh, she's, she's yeah, not yeah, she's no sydney this yeah. is literally what i know, you know but don't do that trevor's like <laughs> close call <Yeah. laughs> But she tells her to lock her window and they say their goodnights. Closing the door, Sydney is startled by Judy, shrouded almost entirely in shadow. I think fucking Sam Neill and Event Horizon. <laughs> She's like, But I am home. <laughs> sliding into the darkness. Yeah, it's like, oh my God. She's like, I'm just making the, my rounds. No, no you're not. not. The deputy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're skulking around oh, in the Steve shadows. Steve Buscemi looking ass right but, uh, there. Look at that here. She even changed her tone. She's like, I'm just making my <laughs> yeah. rounds. I'm like, why are you talking like that? waiting for her to like hold that? a balloon. Looking like Pennywise. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck? But she stops and says that Sydney probably doesn't remember her, but they went to high school together. They had the same homeroom. They were even in drama club together, and they were in Peter Pan, the play. Yeah. Sydney does not remember at all, but she says that it's nice to see her again. Judy understands, considering Sydney did have a lot of shit going on back then, to say the least. Well, she did. I mean, in all fairness. <laughs> But she says that it's good to see her again, too, and walks downstairs. So you're the killer. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the way that she walked downstairs was hilarious because she yeah. looked like a cartoon character that had a job to do. Well, <laughs> like her arms. She is a very eager deputy. <laughs> that whole scene, I was like, what the? Yeah, am I dreaming? I, well, they go. They literally go from setting up one person to setting up another. Yeah. yeah. Like they're really wanting you to think everyone's a suspect. Yeah. yeah. But in front of the house, Perkins joins Haas in the squad car. Haas, working on a crossword, asks a four-letter word for courage. The answer, guts. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. They then watch as Olivia, who is on their okay list as far as visitors to the house, pulls up to the house from next door. Perkins says he wishes she lived next door to him. I'm like, calm down. Uh, I know she's <laughs> in her 20s, but that is a high school student. Yeah. Right? <laughs> You're the law? Yeah. I. That was What's your badge yeah. number? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are you? I was like, dude, that's a high school kid. What yeah. the fuck are you yeah, talking like, about? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then Haas is like, you just said that to a cop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unbelievable. But inside, the girls are watching Shaun of the Dead on a projector screen. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Absolutely. Great taste in films. But Kirby gets a call from Olivia and tells her to come up. But Olivia asks if the angel of death has left. But after learning that she's in the guest room, decides to bail for her own house, saying that next door is close enough. 
She admits that it's creepy around tonight and she's going to be home alone, but the cops are just outside, so hopefully everything will be pizza. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of annoyed that Olivia didn't want to come up, Jill calls Olivia on the phone and gives the worst ghost face impression I've ever heard. No, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Unfazed, Olivia changes the subject, asking where the Stabathon is going to be this year. Jill doesn't know, which doesn't matter because it's not like she's going to be allowed to go anyway. This is when Kirby's phone rings and she sees that it's Trevor calling. But the second she answers it, we hear Ghostface on the other end asking for Jill. Still assuming he's Trevor, after a little back and forth and after his repeated insistence that he is not Trevor, (laughs) Kirby plays along (laughs) and is like, aren't you supposed to ask me a question or something? And he obliges. How's the movie? Shaun of the Dead. This gets their attention. She asks how he knows what they're watching, and he says that he's standing in the closet. Kirby says Trevor, or whoever he is, is acting weird, and Ghostface is like, I am not fucking Trevor. (laughs) (laughs) I already told you. What are you not understanding? (laughs) But he tells them to open the closet. Olivia, still on the phone, asks what's going on as Kirby inches her way to the closet door. Jill is not down for this, but Kirby rips the closet door open to find no one. She gets back on the phone and calls him a liar. He responds, I never said I was in your closet. (gasps) Yeah. Mm? He didn't. He did not. He didn't. The girls watch in horror as across the way, Olivia's closet bursts open, Ghostface charging at her and stabbing her in the chest. This, I was going to say this is funny. It's not funny, (laughs) but it's funny to me that... Always. It's not just Scream 4. Ghostface can always speak in full volume mm-hmm. on the phone. Oh, yeah. But wherever he's at in real life, nobody hears <laughs> him. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> she, she was never like, I think no, I fucking yeah. hear someone. Yeah, there's what? somebody talking yeah. at full volume in my closet. <laughs> my thing is, look, at first, I wouldn't want to stay alone. And, you know, I get it. She's like, look, I don't want to be over there. I'm right here. The cops are outside. I get it. But this, like, uh, interaction went on for a minute. It did. If I'm on the phone with my friends, or if I'm on the phone with you and I hear you and your sister, like, or your sister arguing with somebody on the phone or whatever, and I'm right across the street and I'm like, hey, what's wrong? And you're like, something's, some, you know, so-and-so's acting funny. I'm leaving. Uh-huh. I yeah. am not standing in the window. Hey, what are you guys doing over there? Somebody answer me. <laughs> no, I... I it, it's like what the fuck dude and you're already home alone right yeah i mean and it's only and if my friends are on the phone with somebody that's trying to uh intimidate them or scare them or like hey i'm gonna fucking kill you it's only a matter of time before they come for me i am not staying here anymore by yourself Uh stay on the phone with me i'm coming across the street yeah yeah fuck that or even just hang out by the squad car yeah it's like hey i'm gonna literally just run down perkins will be very happy yeah Yeah. But Olivia fights off Ghostface as the girls scream, and she gets stabbed in the hand and then in the back. Sydney hears the screaming and joins the girls at the window, but she steps away almost in disbelief, running downstairs to alert Haas and Perkins. She goes, but Kirby and Jill are like, let's just watch our friend get murdered. Like, they're just standing in the window. Well, Sydney's seen a lot of her friends get murdered, so this is old hat. They don't know how to react. Well, <laughs> all, all I can say is the lesson that I took from this is never pass up an opportunity to watch Shaun of the Dead. No. Because yeah. if she would have just done that, they'd be fine. Yeah. Ghostface would still just be in a closet waiting for yeah. somebody to show up. <laughs> He's just over there getting angry. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, where the fuck is she? <laughs> but for some reason, Haas and Perkins are not in their squad car. So Sydney rushes over to the house herself. So at this moment, now I suspect. Yeah. Yes, exactly. 
Ghostface throws Olivia to the bed, stabbing her in the gut, blood spattering against her bedroom door and staining her bed. I want to point out after the subdued violence of Scream 3, this shocked me. Yeah, it's like, oh, we're in this bit. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. getting back to... I enjoyed this very much. Good. Very, very much. I finished the scene and I was like, all right. <laughs> I was like, I like that. You're like, fair play, Scream. Yeah, I was like, all right, touche. <laughs> But as Sydney breaks in, Ghostface slams Olivia through the window, her body dangling halfway out and upside down. Sydney reaches the top of the stairs and hears a door creak open, and so she slinks down the hall to Olivia's room, only to find her disemboweled corpse lying on the bed. Guts. Right. Yeah, mm. from See? the crossroad. Yeah. Pretty good. Very yeah. festive. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> well, he dangled her out the window, you know, like blanket. He's like, look. Not- <laughs> <laughs> That seemed a little extra, right? Yeah. Like, why is yeah. he doing that? He's like, I got your friend. He's really showing out. Well. What's the point? <laughs> like, blanket. <laughs> Sydney sinks to the floor as a cell phone rings, and the room is just covered in blood. Oh, yeah. It's a rough scene. But she answers the phone, and Ghostface welcomes her back to Woodsboro, calling the murder a preview. She antagonizes him to come after her, but he tells her that not everything is about her. Even though she's done, <laughs> I know. It's not even about you, dude. <laughs> but he says, although she's done well through all the bloodshed, what about the town she left behind? But he says that he has plans for her. And after a gruesome threat about like cutting her fucking eyelids open and shit, yeah. he says that she'll die when he wants her to. But until then, she's going to suffer. And then he hangs up. Jill rushes up the stairs and Sydney blocks her from seeing Olivia's body. Jill shakes her head, saying Olivia said she was the angel of death. Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Yeah, I'm, I'm pissed even more now. <laughs> and okay, everybody at my house is still alive. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, if you want to really, get technical yeah. about it, that's Just so saying. fucking yeah. rude. So you're saying that is it like a two mile radius or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's got to throw. Yeah. Like, it's like, no, man. That's fucked up. But suddenly, Ghostface appears behind Jill, slashing her arm before he's tackled down the stairs by Sydney. The two struggle with Sydney eventually getting the upper hand, literally kicking him in the face. He lies on the ground as Perkins and Haas rush in, and Sydney directs them to Ghostface, but when they turn around, all we see is an empty floor in the shot of an open door. Ghostface clumsy ass did not yeah. have time to, <laughs> to silently scream. I away. thought the same shit. I was like, he did not like, get oh, up yet. Like, no. It was like two seconds. We didn't yeah. hear a peep. Not at all. <laughs> and where were these two fuck faces at the whole time? They say later. They do, but Come it's, on, it's not yeah. a great excuse. It's not. But Jill, clutching her bleeding arm, refuses Sydney's help, but is comforted by an arriving Trevor. Man, fuck you, Jill. I don't don't comfort her yeah, anyway. Yeah, I'm already just over just in the neighborhood. Yeah, see? That. Yeah. Weird. It's just enough time to throw off a yeah. ghost face costume. <laughs> Circle around the house. I'm just saying. But he takes her away with Kirby as Haas and Perkins return, telling them that they found nothing. Sydney then directs them upstairs to what will be a crime scene. And I do want to say... Ghostface coming out of the shadows to slice mm-hmm. an arm. Yeah. Halloween. Yeah. yeah. All right. And maybe it, Jerry O'Connell. I was going to say it also <laughs> reminded me of two. Yeah. When he slices his arm hmm. and he's like, you guys, you know, took too long or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why are you? <laughs> and he looked real fucking yeah. guilty. Your ghost face. <laughs> <laughs> but later that night, the entire crime scene crew is there as well as media and a crowd of assholes blaming Sydney for another death. I was like, who is literally out here heckling her? They yeah. were. They were like, it's your fault, Sydney. <laughs> like, what the fuck? 
Jill, with her arm wrapped, apologizes to Sydney for what she said earlier. No, no, you don't. Not accepted. (laughs) Absolutely not. We then see Dewey admonishing Haas and Perkins, but they say that they were literally in pursuit of Ghostface around the houses, but lost him. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. They apologize too, and the soft-hearted chief lets them go. It it (laughs) it honestly made me laugh. Because they're like, we feel terrible. And he's like, all right, get out of here. Like the two boys you, that broke a yeah, window playing baseball. Yeah. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? He all dude? tosses their hair. Yeah. It's like, that, someone is dead. Yeah. You were like literally at one job. That girl's yeah. got it up there, dude. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, get out of here. We feel awful about it, boss. Run yeah. along, boys. Get out of here. <laughs> Little scamps. Throw him a nickel. I was like, yeah. get the fuck out of here, dude. Go get an ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> But Dewey watches as Olivia's body is loaded up into the ambulance. Now, there was a deleted scene here where Judy talks to Dewey. Mm -hmm. And I think it was something that must have been cut because Judy says that Olivia had a pet door placed around her neck. A pet door? Like the garage (gasps) door. Right, right. And so I think that must have been something that they cut from that scene. So they had to cut this Uh, scene. Ah, okay. And this is when Dewey talks about Tatum and he tells him. So Olivia's Tatum's stand in. Exactly. Okay. And he is very, like, he gives a very heartfelt little speech about Tatum. And he says that they're in the middle of a Woodsboro remake. Damn, man, they should have kept that. Oh, I wonder why they cut everything out that had to do with the other movies. Like, that's really weird. I, that, this one bothers me the most because I feel like I just want to hear about Tatum. Right. Yeah, well, because we don't, we don't get that. Like, especially from Dewey. Yeah. If it's referred to, it's in the context that Sydney's best friend got killed. But like, that was literally his sister. Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird. (laughs) Ghostface is like, it's not all about you, Sydney. (laughs) (laughs) That is hilarious. No, that's funny. It's like you don't need to take her ego down. No, he's like, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Jesus. Sydney, Sydney, Sydney. (laughs) But Robbie and Charlie arrive at Woodsboro Community Hospital, standing behind a swarm of media as Robbie gives an update to all of his Hall Pass viewers. He says their local legacy, the Stab movies, are coming to life, which is, it's already happened. That's why there are (laughs) Stab movies, but... He's like, again, though. (laughs) (laughs) But they're suddenly joined by a very camera-ready Gail Weathers Riley. She asked them politely, then very harshly, to turn off the camera for an off-the-record conversation. Classic Gail. Oh, yeah. She says that since they run the cinema club, they probably have an insight to the film buffs at the school. Then she makes an offer. They work together, two generations of journalists, and they are immediately down. But she says that they can give her insights into the goings-on at Woodsboro High, and she can give them a celebrity visit to their club. They're like, what about Sydney, though? <laughs> <laughs> Ouch, man. Yeah. That's pretty fucked no, up. Talk about a hit to the yeah. ego. <laughs> what Everyone, about your friend, though? <laughs> yeah. Everyone's taking a hit today. Doesn't she compare herself to J.K. Rowling, which mm-hmm. A, did not age well. No, yeah. it did not. And B, Sydney's not a fictional character. No, she says that Sydney's Harry Potter, which is yeah, not fair. You didn't write her into existence. I'm just like, is this how Gail sees the world? That, yeah. she, that she's I guess literally, so. that was hilarious. She's like, I, I am Sutter Kane. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite color is blue. Fuck. Oh, fuck. Yeah, she shouldn't compare herself to J.K. She's not that much of a piece of shit. No, (laughs) nobody's that much of a piece of shit. But inside the hospital, Sydney is given good news from Dr. Orth, played by Mark Aaron Burkle, telling her no broken bones, but to take it easy. Yes, Dr. Orth. Yeah, 
What? Yeah, I thought that As was very Steven? I guess so. And he's not even named. I he's only Drew know Drew Barrymore's boyfriend in the first one. Steven oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Huh. So I don't know if like I mean, he's his brother he's or no. Yeah. <laughs> he was promptly gutted. Uh, <laughs> he, he tells her to take it easy for a couple of weeks from what? Trying not to get killed? Yeah, I don't Do understand. Do you not know what just happened? Why I'm here? <laughs> he's like, now don't be doing that yeah. anymore. <laughs> and it's so weird because he does say that she's fine. Yeah. But take it easy. Yeah. Like, take, fucking. <laughs> so do you, did you read my chart? So you know. <laughs> Are you a real doctor, yeah. man? <laughs> <laughs> but Sydney bumps into Rebecca, who has even better news. She got her a three book deal with the publisher off the back of this, and after she's cleared, she's got tons of TV spots lined up too. Sydney is annoyed, especially when she finds out that Rebecca hasn't even read her book. She levels with Sydney, telling her to embrace and use her victimhood to her benefit. But after shit talking Sydney's fans and kind of creaming over all the potential dollar signs, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you don't need to be doing this in front of her (laughs) read the room she gets fired (laughs) and she's earned it but a very annoyed rebecca rides what is clearly a haunted elevator (laughs) to level six of the parking garage her mood lightens up telling herself that sydney will call her tomorrow and probably apologize no worries but she gets off the elevator and before she can reach her car her phone rings it is ghostface this time politely asking for sydney prescott He's like, Sydney Prescott, please. (laughs) It's like, all right. But she asks if she can take a message and Ghostface tells her that she is the message. She starts fast walking to her car, lying that she's in the hospital with Sydney right now. But when she accidentally sets off her car alarm, Ghostface takes notice. Yeah. He says it sounds like she's in a dark and deserted parking garage. (laughs) (laughs) But he's happy to put her in the hospital, in the morgue. I was like, Ghostface. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> so she rushes to her car, checking the back seat once she gets inside. As she reaches for her keys, shadows dart all around her. And in typical horror movie fashion, the engine sputters when she tries to start it. She notices her hood is open, and as she looks closer, Ghostface jumps down face-to-face <laughs> with her at the windshield. She screams for help as he brandishes a knife, but as she looks away for just a second, he disappears. I laughed. Again, I know it's not funny, but he's holding cables in his hand, I guess, to remove all doubt that he's the one that fucked with their car. It's like, that was me, baby. (laughs) But she very foolishly steps out of her car, looking under it, instead of, you know, using her phone. Yeah, that she was just on. Thank you. I hate that she dropped her keys and was just like, oh. (laughs) <laughs> they're lost <laughs> then the same thing why are you getting out of your car yeah he's he's jumping on and he's whatever he still has to get in yeah so and not only that set your alarm off you see the cars going by and she's screaming at him set the fucking alarm off so somebody will stop oh wait you can't because you threw your keys on the floor and you don't want to look for him yeah there are multiple things she could have done yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she did none of them <laughs> like, what are you doing <laughs> maybe she's not a, a fan of horror movies yeah, well, i guess she's like i didn't read your book i never saw stab yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what an iphone but the alarm blares suddenly and she just runs away heading back toward the elevator she makes it to the door but the locked knob breaks off as she turns around she is met with the blade of ghostface's knife right in the gut she sinks to the floor outside dewey is holding a press conference with a crowd of media unfortunately for him gail pops up with the question asking if he's noticed a pattern emulating the original woodsboro murders gail really came with her tape recorder <laughs> and her power blazer <laughs> like she was just gonna blend in yeah. <laughs> with everybody else 
Come on, that's no, fucking it's a lot. fantastic. Is it? She's like, yeah, weather's here. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, no, dude, you're his fucking wife. Yeah. <laughs> but don't you feel bad for Dewey? He's like, Marge, not here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, does anyone else have a question? Yeah, but it should make you happy because he's like, later. Yeah. Yeah. See the Lucille Blue Queen. <laughs> That's but... all I ask. <laughs> I know you got to put on airs, but when we're home, I want the fucking tea. Well... That's not. Well, but that she... was in my vows. <laughs> <laughs> but he gets back to his prepared remarks, promising to bring this whole situation under control. Ghostface, with excellent timing, hurls Rebecca's body off of the parking garage, sending her falling onto the roof of a nearby news van as the crowd screams and sparks fly. So how long ago was the murder from this? Because they didn't hear any screaming. They didn't hear the the alarms going off. They didn't. They're just like, oh my God. Anyway, <laughs> I'm Sheriff Riley. Yeah, good Lord. Fucking, that's why Hitchcock didn't like to go on location. Yeah. <laughs> But it's funny to me to imagine Ghostface just holding the body like, okay, I got to yeah. <laughs> pick your he's, spots. He's, yeah. yeah, he's going to say something. <laughs> but Dewey sends officers to the garage and of course they find nothing. And he climbs up onto the news van to check Rebecca's pulse as she lies in a pool of blood. Gail's like, all under control, huh, Sheriff? She tells him that she has a lead and he doesn't. So let her know when he's ready to be back on Team Gale. My note here is she's the fucking worst I love her so much. <laughs> <laughs> At least you acknowledge. Yes. I, look, I know she's terrible. I was a, I, my notes. Is that what this is all about? Right. D- you, I mean, you, know, you want to be the center of attention. It's, she wrote you, the book on it. She's trying to write another book. She now. wrote them all into existence. <laughs> <No. laughs> you could, you know, pay your specs. Yeah. Do you read Gail? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do also want to point out that this death of a falling body reminded me of Cece from Scream 2. Yes. Landing oh, on right. the, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, they're really like, and this one was very subtle because you kind of have to know to know they weren't like, just like Cece yeah. from, you know, <laughs> which I appreciated. Which would have been too much. Of Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the next day at Woodsboro High, we're treated to a meeting of the cinema club. I did laugh because the first poster we see is The Hills Have Eyes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Wes Craven. There's, there's the People Under the Stairs one. Yeah. yeah. There's some good pics here. There's some awful ones too. I won't. Uh, yeah. There's someone we talk a lot of shit about on this show. Yeah. Well, you know, anyway. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Um, Just looking at the posters, like the establishing shots of the room. I'm like, I would literally be in this club. Absolutely. The thing was up there too. Yeah, was it? Yeah. it was. Yeah. I would definitely be in this yeah. club. But calling the meeting to order, Charlie welcomes their guest of honor, Sidney Prescott. I'm like, Gail is right yeah. back. <laughs> like, I don't know who the bitch that came in with her is, but. But this is Sydney. <laughs> Trevor is there too, fucking glaring at Sydney. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? But Gail does stand there and, and as I said, gets no introduction yeah. <laughs> at all. Sydney comments on Robbie's camera that's on his ear, and he says that in the future, everyone will be live streaming their entire existence. Yeah. Shit. Well. He's not wrong. Yeah. That, that, there is a lot of shit that's said in this movie that is oddly. Yeah. yeah. But Charlie offers that that's the one thing the killer is missing, filming the murders. Robbie says that would be the new current way to do it. Film your murders and upload them on the internet. Trevor looks like he's mentally taking notes more, yeah. you know, <laughs> red yeah. herring. Yeah. Although Mickey filmed stuff in Scream 2. Oh, well, yeah. Why are you acting like Mickey was innocent? Well, I'm not saying he's innocent. <laughs> just, oh, I get what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, I get, that's a They're fair like, point. No killer yeah. is ever done. Yeah. <laughs> like fucking Milky, Milky. <laughs> 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 Mickey is pissed is what I was trying to say. 
We had cookies earlier. Yeah. I just wanted- <laughs> we did have cookies earlier. <laughs> but Charlie says that it would, <laughs> it would make your art as immortal as you. But in unison, they both say that they're not trying to implicate Robbie. Now Robbie's no. the murderer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but when asked who they think the killer is, Charlie says it has to be a stab fan, working less on a shriekwool and more on a screamake. Copyrighted terms, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie stalks the room with his camera on, which Kirby shows off to Sydney through a live feed on her phone. Charlie says when it comes to modern horror, the unexpected is the new cliche. And Robbie says that you got to grab them with the opening sequence and the kills have to be more extreme. So this film has been following uh-huh. the rules. I love this. I mean, I know Randy, unfortunately, isn't here anymore, mm-hmm. but this mm-hmm. is like so his like stand in, right. you oh, know, yeah. where it's like, yeah, these are the rules to the sequel. And da-da-da-da. like, I just love that we even though we lost him, we've kind of kept that because there's always film nerds. Oh, yeah. Right, you know what right. I mean? And it being kind of like the next generation, they have a perspective that Randy never got. Right. Because he died in the 90s. Rest his soul. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm sad again. I know. But Charlie says the reversal of the old rules become the new standard as audiences grow more savvy. He also offers that the only way to survive a modern horror film is to be gay. I'm trying to think of evidence. I don't know that there is evidence. Like what film is being referred to, but I can't. I, I don't know. Nothing. Yeah. I don't uh, know if, if, if they're saying that poking fun at another horror trope, you know, like trying, I don't know, because it's the reversal, because you know, the horror trope that does exist, the mm-hmm. bury your gaze trope. Yeah. So I don't know if they're bullshit. trying to. May, I mean, maybe I, my mind immediately went to the, them establishing the virgin survives. Everybody else dies, but the virgin survives. So uh-huh. I'm like, is this the new... I mean, I'm pretty well versed in horror, but I, I drew I, this was a little I left understand. field for me. I was confused. I mean, I know Kevin Williamson is gay. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I know, I feel like he's trying to say something. He's like, can we start doing this? <laughs> <laughs> can we though? But I, I just don't know what it is. Yeah. yeah. I It went over my head and I was sad. Yeah. Please explain it to me. And Nay and JP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, just you. Yeah. I'll tell them. <laughs> But Gail asks how they know the killer is going the remake route. They say the killer is clearly following the structure of Stab and, in effect, Scream, with the first murders mimicking the first murders in 96, all leading up to a party, or as Charlie calls it, the guaranteed third-act main-cast bloodbath. They ask if any parties are going on tonight, and there is at least one. Stabathon. Hold on, though, because Gail's like, are there any parties happening tonight? And... Charlie's like, oh, I mean, you know, there's Stabathon. Like, that's not yeah. literally the place <laughs> for the killer to strike. He just mutters that, like, yeah. there's this. I mean, I don't know. It's probably not. Probably not this, but. And I think what makes me laugh so hard is it's your event. Yeah, yes. I was going to say, he's throwing it. He's doing it. <laughs> but that just made me. I'm like, it's called Stabathon. Like, that's fucking hilarious. Is it? Yes. <laughs> But to explain Stabathon, it's the cinema club's yearly celebration watching all seven Stab films back to back. And of course, when asked, they refused to cancel it. They also refused to disclose the location, earning a fuck you from Gail as her and Sydney leave. Well, it's funny because Robbie is still live streaming all of yeah, this to yeah. the internet. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, we can't tell you where it's at. And she's like, guys, we're a team. Tell me. Yeah. I'm like, we're live streaming this <laughs> yeah, yeah. to the internet. <laughs> but the funny thing is, like, they had a deal. Yeah. They got what they wanted. Yeah. Like, so. So she's like, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. 
And Sydney's just like, all right. All right well, I guess I'm leaving with Gail. And- <laughs> well, when they leave, he's like, that was awesome. What's awesome? She thinks you're a fucking creep. Well, but Gail said, <laughs> fuck you to them. That would be awesome. I, I don't. I don't care who you are. Don't. That's like, come on. I did something stupid now. You yeah. Know what I mean? Now you look dumb. Yeah. I would feel stupid. But also, Gail Weathers said, no. "Fuck you to me." <laughs> but that night at the Roberts house, Jill is annoyed by the constant police presence. She grabs a snack of chocolate milk and string cheese. Uh, sure. Um, I was like shut up she's like ew they're like trying to keep me alive like shut the fuck up it makes me laugh because she's down here and she's like i feel like a prisoner and then she calls her friend and she's like i feel like a prisoner (laughs) like you have have one line no i have the exact same (laughs) note she keeps saying it's a cell that's what it is she's like back in my cell i'm like the joke didn't land stop trying sydney didn't laugh downstairs (laughs) that's a weird way to say i'm safe yeah Yeah, seriously the people give a shit about me being alive (laughs) fuck you jill I'm, I'm sick of it. I am too. And I did hate her snack. I thought that was gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat some string I, cheese. I'll eat some chocolate milk, but I don't think they nah, go together. Yeah, not together. I hated her snack. <laughs> <laughs> We're just nitpicking just, now, dude. <laughs> Fuck you and your bad jokes and your fucking nasty snack. <laughs> but Sydney tries to level with her. She says that she genuinely knows how she feels and she says that she's so sorry about what happened to Olivia. Jill responds that she is very sorry for what happened to Sydney's publicist. But she asks how Sydney handles all the attention. And Sydney says that she just tries not to think about herself. She just focuses on people that she cares about and everything else just works itself out. Instead of being a little asshole like she was the night before, Jill acknowledges that Sydney did save her life and she wonders if she would have been able to do the same. I feel like that's her basically saying I would not have saved yeah. you. Yeah, she's like, I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. I mean, but, but shit, mm, I wouldn't count on it. But Sydney says that she hopes that she never has to find out. In the window, however, Sydney notices a reflection that is very ghost face like. But when she turns around, it turns out to be nothing. On commentary, Wes Craven said they decided to do this on the day. Yeah. And they said in about 10 minutes, we got the shot done. And well. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool. But upstairs, Jill, overlooking Olivia's boarded up and taped off window, is on the phone with Kirby, who has just arrived at Stabathon. Now, <laughs> this is when she delivers the joke again. Yeah. yeah. Which- I, in my notes, it says, okay, again with the cell joke. Yeah. It's like, literally get it. Um, I feel like, I don't know if this is commentary on how desensitized this generation is or if it's just something that they didn't take into account mm-hmm. but nobody is acting like they just saw their friend get brutally murdered yeah. oh, no. yeah. Not nobody. At all. kirby's like well i'm here at this fucking party yeah. it's like, <laughs> what, you sh- like you're not traumatized yeah. see and that's the other thing is that there was a deleted scene right where kirby talks to robbie and charlie after the cinema club meeting right and they kind of coax her into coming to see i, oh, I would have yeah. appreciated that because it's just like well another day like it's yeah. like <laughs> olivia who <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck but Stabathon is basically this massive party in and outside of a barn. Charlie called it a small event. Yeah, yeah. he's also alive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Trevor is also there, who gets flipped off when he tries to say hello to Kirby. Inside the barn, we swoop past several groups of partying teens to find Gail sneaking her way inside from a lower floor, <laughs> slipping on a ghost face mask, and very awkwardly vibing with those partying teens. <laughs> 
I have so much here. Why did she wait till she was inside to put the mask on? I don't know. Well, we She's had to like, know. Yeah. <laughs> I was laughing because it's so fucking ridiculous. And then her little dance as she's trying yeah. to fit in. Like, a high schooler, you are not. I no. can hear your joints popping from here. <laughs> well, it's her doing the thumbs like Elaine. Yeah. <laughs> I think that girl's in my English class. <laughs> I was dying. It was so cartoonish. It was. I just, oh God, I was dying. <laughs> it's like she creeps around, looks over, puts yeah. the like, you, yeah. You're better than your Gail Weathers. Well, she's r- a little rusty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Gail slips away from the group, hiding a camera, much like she did in the original Scream. Those big ass cameras. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's my note. Nobody's gonna notice that no. big ass antenna sticking off of that camera. It's literally on a stand yeah. and like it's a lot, dude. <laughs> but in the screening area, the crowd chants "Stab a thon" over and over until Robbie and Charlie take the stage to applause. They welcome everyone to Stabathon and go over the drinking game where basically, thanks to horror tropes, everyone will be getting trashed tonight. This sounds fun. Oh, yeah. Like, I was watching this and I was like, maybe not me right now, but like me back then, Mm -hmm. I would fucking love to go to something like this. But can we talk about how long a seven film marathon is going to (laughs) be? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Strap in because we will be here for 14 hours. I agree. This does look like fun. And if maybe I, when I was in high school, but yeah, by uh, again, I think by movie four, I'm ready yeah, to go. It's like, I want to get out of here. That's a long time. Like, well, it's eight 30. Better start yeah. wrapping it up. <laughs> but the screening finally begins and Gail just very blatantly walks in front of the screen, setting up another camera underneath the projector. She <laughs> She does that in front of yeah, everyone. No, yeah. She does. And she gets pelted uh, with popcorn yeah. and she flips it's, them off. Yeah. It's just so stupid. But she heads up to a loft, taking off her mask. I was like, Gail Weathers? Yeah. <laughs> See, maybe they maybe they just could have done that. It's a mysterious ghost face mm-hmm. with fantastic hair. Yeah. And then we see at the end, that oh my God, fact. it's Gail. Or she could have just wore like a chicken on her head with glasses or something. <laughs> like on Friends? Yes. Like on Friends. <laughs> <laughs> I I gotta tell you, coming here today, I did not expect a Friends reference from Jerry. From you, yeah, me neither. That's, that's all I've seen on commercials. Fair, so, enough. Yeah. Fair enough, me too. And she dances too. Yeah, oh yeah. That's <laughs> With the thumbs? Yeah. <laughs> but she sets up one last camera when she reaches the rafters and heads back to her car, totally proud of herself, watching the feed on her laptop. She even begins writing a chapter of her new book, speaking into a tape recorder about how she's going to solve yet another... But then she watches as each camera on her screen is covered by an unseen assailant. She uses the controls to move the last remaining camera around to reveal Ghostface himself before that camera, too, is covered. He just set those. <laughs> right. So Ghostface is watching. He's like, I'm going to fuck yeah, up her day. That one, that one, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Not only that, though, why did you watch that whole time? When the first one went down, I'm putting on my mask and I'm running back inside. Oh, no, you don't, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> well, she had to go. That's true. <laughs> they can't know that she's Gail. Yeah. I'm jigging my way back <laughs> into the party. <laughs> Someone's going to be catching these yeah. thumbs. <laughs> But she immediately calls Dewey, giving him the address of the party and the intel that the killer is here and clearly about to get stabby. 
She's like, they're trying to outdo the original. What's more meta than killing kids at a stab marathon? Dewey's like, what's more what a? Gail's like, look, I heard one of the kids say it. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is happening? I don't know. <laughs> but she's like, just get out here. She says that he catches the killer. She gets the story. Win, win. He throws the whole, I thought you were going rogue thing in her face. And annoyed, she just gets off the phone to go fix her equipment. I can't believe I'm saying this, but now is not the time to be petty. Nay. I know. Yeah. I can't believe I'm that. <laughs> That's how you know I'm an alien. I just no. <laughs> God damn it. I knew it. <laughs> But Dewey flips on the siren and speeds off to the barn. Back at the barn, a somewhat tipsy Kirby tells the boys that she's very impressed with the event. But not really. But kind of. (laughs) As the kids lose their shit to every single action on screen, Gail sneaks back up to the loft. Outside, Dewey has arrived, calling for backup from Judy and watching Gail's laptop as she fiddles around with the camera. She then notices another webcam in the distance, one that is not hers. From Gail's camera, Dewey sees Ghostface appear behind Gail, and he screams as if she can hear him. Ghostface stabs at Gail, but misses, and the two tussle around some stacks of baled hay. He eventually grabs her, but she's able to shake him off. Almost mimicking the violence on screen, though, Ghostface grabs a crawling Gail, pulling her back to him, raising the knife, but before he can stab her, Dewey arrives, firing a shot towards the loft. Ghostface, for some reason, which is made clear later, kind of, stabs Gale in the shoulder before she kicks him off, tumbling down from the loft down to the floor below. Dewey is a terrible shot. Oh, yeah. He's a stormtrooper all of a sudden. (laughs) I was like, what the fuck, dude? I was like, what? (laughs) He had a clear. You're a sheriff. Yes. Yeah. What do you, what? It's apparently not a prerequisite of being a sheriff. Nobody said I had to know how to shoot. No, no, no. (laughs) Not only that, when she's checking her cameras, she like puts her eye to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you did not not see him damage any of this equipment. Why would you check to see if it still worked? (laughs) He literally placed it down. You watched him do it. Uh (laughs) You know what I mean? I was like, what the hell? She's going through a lot. Yeah, (laughs) That's all I can say. Now I'm defending Gail for no reason. But Ghostface disappears out of a side hatch as the kids run away screaming. Dewey checks on Gale, who holds her bleeding shoulder, and tells him about the other camera she found. This time, he's making the movie, she says. Ghostface went out that side door 10 seconds ago, Uh and Dewey is Gordon Ramsay. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> you could have you well, could have tried to run after him. That's all I'm saying. All I know and all he knows is that after dealing with Ghostface for 15 years, if he doesn't want to get caught, yeah, he's not going to get yeah. caught. <laughs> 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 he will reveal himself yeah. when he feels like it. <laughs> but back at the Roberts house, Haas complains about having to watch Sydney and company because the cops on this detail always get killed in the movies. He says it sucks being a cop on film unless you're Bruce Willis. I love the movie rule talk i mean always and seeing it from like this cop perspective i thought was really funny wasn't he in a movie with bruce willis i think he was if i'm not mistaken did he live (laughs) (laughs) it makes me laugh though because like you're saying like we have all these horror rules right right yeah but they're living their own life out here yeah it's very funny and you know they're watching the movie and being like oh that cop's fucking dead you know what i mean (laughs) But Perkins disagrees, and they joke a bit about tropes before Perkins hits Haas with the, I'll be right back, to do his rounds. He tenses up like he just broke a mirror or something. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. I shouldn't yeah. have said that. <laughs> no. <laughs> but Haas shrugs it off. 
new decade, new rules. He says, you might come back and find me dead. So in good faith, Haas heads out for Perkins, but Perkins tells him to be careful. Now alone, Perkins nervously checks the back seat and jumps at the sound of an angry neighborhood cat. Inside the house, Sydney opens the back door to fix a tilted wind chime after she hears it chiming. Why is that your priority right now? Yeah. I don't know. Just Why leave are you it. outside? Uh, Just leave it. And also, I did point out, this is because of Final Destination, there's a porcelain owl on the shelf. Death Omen. Oh. All right. Thought that was neat. But worse than the chime, Haas notices an open window on the second floor and calls in to Perkins to see if it was open when he did his last check. Unfortunately, Perkins doesn't answer. Back with Sydney, wind blows past like Super Final Destination yeah. style. <laughs> and this gives Sydney a bad feeling. She just puts the wind chime down and heads back inside, locking the door. Well, dogs start barking too. The yeah. dogs are like, get, get your this. fucking yeah. ass inside. You know there's a killer out like, here? God damn. We have no choice. <laughs> They're just glad it's not Michael Myers. Yes. <laughs> but Haas rushes back to the police car, finding Perkins slumped over in the front seat. As he reaches for him, Perkins springs to life, scaring the fuck out of Haas. They laugh, and Perkins says that he should have seen the look on his face. But out of the darkness, Ghostface bursts into the frame behind Haas, stabbing him in the spine. Not Adam Brody. Very sad to see. It is. I was so upset. He was so underused. Yeah. He was. In this. I was devastated. Where's his vest? Um, uh, he left in the... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But Haas falls to the ground, and before Perkins even understands what's happening, Ghostface stabs him right in the forehead. That got me a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, thinking about the knife going through yeah. your fucking <laughs> that, like, that got me. And not a lot gets me, but I was like, oh, yeah. God. And for a Scream movie. No, yeah. yeah. Um, to do that, that takes 540 newtons of force to penetrate a skull. Uh-huh. That's 121.397 pounds of force to penetrate a knife in someone's head. Are you telling me Ghostface is the Terminator? I'm, yeah, yes. I'm saying that probably wouldn't happen. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's like, this is my scientific way of saying yeah. that's, that's bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> well, because I was like, damn, that's fucking nuts. So oh, I was yeah. like, I wonder if you could really do that. I mean, you know, the eye, the temples, whatever, the right. soft spots. That's soft. Right. So I was like, he's getting them right in the head. So it did take me a minute to find it, but I finally found the answer now. And it was like, you've you got to be pretty strong to be able to do that. That there's ER stories where people still have pieces of knife Ugh. in their skull from getting stabbed in like the front of the head. Good Lord. So it's like the, the forehead is very hard. Mm -hmm. So I was like, damn, how, you know, how strong? I was like, a hundred 21 pounds of pressure that's a fucking uh, yeah i was like that's i mean not saying that it's not doable uh -huh. but that's a lot like that's and it's funny you say er stories because we watch as perkins like holds the wound yeah and gets out of the car yeah everybody was like that's bullshit but wes craven based this on an actual er oh my story God, oh my God, oh my God. yeah i bet so i mean it i mean there was they were i can't remember what it was that i had got on but they were like oh no it can't happen that's fucking yeah. horrifying that's why i had to look it up because some answers was like no that shit is real uh -huh. then everything else was like no it, i mean it can happen but it's like you've got to put a bunch of force behind that i'm so bothered <laughs> <laughs> he didn't deserve that no, no he did not fuck no but he spills out of the car stumbling and swinging blindly as ghostface just stands there watching perkins falls to his knees and the tense music that was building ceases he mutters fuck bruce willis before falling over dead 
I hate that. Yeah, this was, I, this was I, my I, come on moment. Aaron Kruger, why? Uh, <laughs> okay, who's the bigger villain, Aaron Kruger or Freddy Kruger? <laughs> because that was that moment again. Nothing. I, I'm not gonna say nothing because something just did get me. Right. But, very little makes me like fuck like physically cringe yeah. like oh my god can you fucking imagine that and then him blindly swinging it was a very like horrific moment yeah. mm-hmm. and then i mean just to undercut it with i yeah, just don't that they, they really ruined the moment for me because that was a very gut-wrenching like I, I, I experience was, i was enjoying it and yeah. then that happened and i was like fuck now i'm right back to where i was with you just why it was so gruesome. I think yeah, that's, well, that's probably the most cool. gruesome mm-hmm. thing that we get. And, yeah. Until you did that. Yeah, why? Uh, why? Why? I just, I'm, I, I'm upset. I remember watching yeah. it in the theater, and as he was swinging, I was like, this is grisly. Yeah. And then, it's, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah. But then it just immediately gets ruined. Come on, Kruger. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we blame him, but what if? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally totally... nothing to do with it. <laughs> Kevin Williamson's like, you know what would be really yeah, funny? <laughs> if he said, I've always hated Bruce Willis. <laughs> But now enjoying a cup of tea inside the house, Sydney hears the chime again. She picks up a knife and heads to the back door, but it's only Kate bringing in some groceries. Groceries? Uh, like, do you not understand what's yeah. happening right now? She's not allowed to shop? No, yeah. not in the middle of the fucking night. No. They needed cereal. <laughs> <laughs> she does. She got like three Nobody, bags of yeah. shit. Nobody's, I was like, <laughs> Nobody's taking this seriously. Yeah. You know, it was funny. like, I'm back in my cell. You know, yeah. right, guys? <laughs> like, Why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> Your lives are in danger, you stupid asses. Uh, I think no. the thing that gets me is it's not even important. It literally was cereal. <laughs> yeah. Nobody has ever needed cereal. <laughs> I, can I be honest? Here, I forgot that that lady was even existed. In all fairness, she's yeah. so uh, what's the word expendable? Yeah, like she. I was like, who's completely that unnecessary. Oh, that's right. Uh, I forgot. Yeah, Jill has to have a mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Kate drops off one bag, then nonchalantly says that there's one more in the car, and she'll be right back. No, you yeah. bitch. <laughs> Sydney should have grabbed her by the shoulders. <laughs> but instead, she just starts putting the groceries away, but is interrupted by the phone ringing. When Jill doesn't answer it, Sydney picks it up. And of course, it's Ghostface. He tells her that her only skill is surviving, but what good is surviving when everyone around her is dead? He then tells her to turn on Channel 6, which she does, and it's a news broadcast about Gail's attack, saying that she's currently in the hospital in serious condition. Serious condition? Yeah, I was going to say, that looked like a shoulder wound. Well, it's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm walking yeah. off. She was doing a lot of dancing before that. Yeah, that's okay, true. Yeah. It's like, your dancing days she are over. Yeah. <laughs> you better retire those thumbs. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you mean I'll never dance yeah. again? <laughs> but Sydney turns off the TV and Ghostface just cackles. <laughs> just an asshole, yeah. man. He tells her friends are good and all, but it's the family ties that run deep. She begs him not to hurt them, but he says that she can't save them. All she can do is watch. He returns to cackling. I like disagree, though, because I feel like if something happened to Dewey or Gail, that would hurt Sydney more yeah. than her aunt that she barely knows and Jill, who's honestly a little fucking piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't even know you, I dude. Know, yeah. I mean, I know that that's her blood family but i feel like she's definitely closer especially oh, with yeah. dewey i would agree i mean jp was referring to it we didn't even meet these people till scream floor yeah. <laughs> so that never even had mention of them yeah. no fair point but sydney ditches the phone and runs upstairs to check on jill but finds her room empty 
Thanks to some online communique on Jill's laptop, she sees that Kirby came by earlier and Jill has snuck out. She goes to tell Kate, who tries to call Jill, but gets no response. I, again, I don't want to be mean. Kate's acting is really stilted. Yeah. It's strange. It's yeah. very odd. And I, she is an Academy Award nominated actress. Maybe the character is on Xanax. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know. I I took it as maybe they were trying to fool us again. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Make her act a certain way like she's just, you know what I mean? Trying yeah. to trick Sydney into going somewhere or whatever. And it's. And I was like, if you're trying to make me think that she's the bad guy, I was like, like I'm not yeah, I'm not, not buying that. I did see a deleted scene where it's right after Olivia's body's taken away. Right. Jill and Sydney are headed back to the house and Kate comes out apologizing and she's like, I don't even know what happened. I'm so sorry. I took I took a sleeping pill and then I also had some wine. Oh. <laughs> like, what, what is going on? <laughs> what are you, Nancy's mom? What like, the what fuck? The fuck? <laughs> so, You're a drunk yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that is about. Yeah. <laughs> but Sydney says that they should alert Haas and Perkins, but Kate says that they aren't out there anymore. Sydney's mouth says, let's go. <laughs> but we hear her say, let's get to Kirby's. Yeah. <laughs> but her mouth says, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> they open the back door, but when they see Ghostface reflected in the wind chimes, they try to run out the front. John Paul's big. Why is he a wind chime? Uh, He's not a wind yeah. chime. <laughs> what you, the fuck? Your wind chime is not made of mirrors? No, it's made of wood. No, uh, okay. <laughs> a well, fancy excuse one. <laughs> well, excuse me. <laughs> it just looked really funny. No, <laughs> it looked hilarious because there was no reason to get a reflection that no. clear. <laughs> Well, it was a good shot, I thought. <laughs> I was just I was just a little confused. I was like, what the fuck? Well, he's he's be- right there. <laughs> he, he's like, I hope they see me in the wind yeah. time. <laughs> That'll get him. But when they open the front door, Ghostface charges and they slam the door, his knife and arm stuck in the door frame. Sydney gets Kate to slide down and brace the floor from the bottom and they finally get the door closed. But as Sydney starts to take off, Ghostface gives Kate a special delivery through the mail slot a knife in the back of the neck. That was rough. Yeah. yeah her eyes like, Boo. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that'll I mean, wake you up. I, <laughs> better than Folgers. Yeah, she's, <laughs> the wine and shit wore off. Yeah. <laughs> she's awake now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did enjoy this kill. Yeah. Uh, because it could have been bad, like there'd have been a thump at the door and then her be like, get up, Kate. Get What's wrong? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like she's just there and then it's like, oh shit, something's wrong with her. Oh yeah. And then she moves her and then the knife just goes away. Yeah. That would look I, pretty cool. I yeah. definitely agree that it was a good kill. My only thing is I, I just wish I cared more. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. And I do. Okay, so she does run over to Cradle, Kate. Right. And Kate says to tell Jill she's so sorry and then slumps over dead. I'm like, why? <laughs> what did you do to I'm being stoned all the time? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, thought on sleeping <laughs> I thought you told her, tell Joe she ain't shit. And then, just, <laughs> and then just died. Sydney's like, gladly. Yeah. I will be sure yeah. to tell her. <laughs> but Sydney snags Kate's keys and rushes outside, bumping into Deputy Judy. So again, a little bit of a red herring. Yeah. Why are you here? Skulking in the shadows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing my rounds. Yeah. <laughs> Remember Peter Pan said, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? About to go to Never Neverland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's called, right? Or yeah. is that, that's yeah. Metallica. <laughs> yeah, it's both. No, oh, yeah. it's both? <laughs> <laughs> they stole that from Peter Pan? <laughs> but Judy asks where Haas and Perkins are because she couldn't reach them. Sydney leads her to Kate's body. And after checking a pulse, Judy calls it in. 
She turns around to Sydney, but Sydney's gone. We see her speeding out of the driveway and down the road in Kate's Cadillac. At Woodsboro Community Hospital, Gail is being wheeled in with Dewey at her side. He tells her to never go on her own anymore. It's the two of them together forever. Can we just get back together for real? I'm I, sorry. I love them so much. I know they both listen. And yeah. <laughs> Courtney, <Please>. David, Davey. <laughs> Court and Davey. Come on, guys. Get back together. You crazy kids. You can make it work. Mm-hmm. I believe in you. But she asks him to promise her one thing, that he'll catch that motherfucker. He promises. And after a quick, I love you, he leaves. At Kirby's sweet ass house. Yes, dude. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is about the Scream franchise, but people are fucking rolling. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And honestly, Dewey's house, he's the town sheriff, but that house was uh, yeah. ridiculous. All of their houses. Remember in uh, Sydney's old house, that oh, like yeah. sprawling backyard and like, yeah, I like, don't. What are you? you remember uh, <laughs> Tatum's house with fucking Ghostface Skulkin? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that was so funny. But at Kirby's house, Kirby, Jill, Charlie, and Robbie discuss the ruined Stabathon event. Real quick, how much money did Red Bull put into this movie? Because there's cans throughout the movie <laughs> all the time. Somebody's holding a Red Bull can in the room. Uh-huh. And there's one on the table. What did, well, uh, you didn't see the title. It said Red Bull Presents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a Red Bull film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the kids attempt to figure out the motivation of the killer and his next moves based on their remake theory. After Charlie notices Kirby's film collection, the two bond over horror trivia, sparks clearly flying. Robbie's kind of fed up, though, saying that the cops are probably going to bust down their door, shut down his website. They're all dead. Just then, a wild Trevor appears, agreeing with Robbie. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly not invited by Kirby, but walking through a door they stupidly left unlocked, Trevor claims that Jill told him to come over. Jill calls bullshit, but realizes that she left her phone in Kirby's car and dramatically saunters off to go get it. You just warned them about the front door. Uh Uh-huh. Stuff's going on outside. There's a killer out. She's going to the car by herself. Right. Nobody's... (laughs) It's fine. Yeah, nobody's following her. Like, it's unlocked. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They they don't like her as much as we don't. (laughs) Go ahead, Jill. Yeah, please. But Trevor dickishly asks Robbie and Charlie what it feels like to be accessories to a crime. I'm like, it's not the fire festival. Like, <laughs> how are they liable? They didn't invite Ghostface. <laughs> like, I'm just, I don't understand. But Robbie takes it very seriously, saying that his life is ruined. Trevor asks who sent the text from Jill's phone, but nobody cops to it because they don't even believe it happened. Kirby says his phone is supposed to be missing, but he says he got a new one, which she calls convenient. Now, I do not remember this being a plot point. Yeah. That Trevor lost his phone. I don't either. Well, because remember before they watched their friend get killed or whatever, that call came from Trevor's phone. Mm-hmm. She was like, it's Trevor. I'll deal with him. There was there was a deleted scene where he visits Jill in the hospital. Yeah. And he's... He's like, I was with the cops all night. See? Well, he does like he, he tells her that he lost his phone. So I, I don't know if this is trying to refer to that. Right. But he also does the what do I have to do to, <laughs> yeah. you know, he does the full Billy Loomis. But with this comment from Kirby, Trevor storms out. Right. Back at the Roberts place with the crime scene investigators in the background, Judy calls Dewey and fills him in on everything. Kate is dead. Sydney has fled. Jill is missing. And they found Haas and Perkins dead in their cruiser a few blocks away. So everything's gone to shit, Sheriff. (laughs) (laughs) Dewey flips a Yui and heads in that direction. Nah. I tried. 
At Kirby's place, Charlie and Kirby watch Stab 7 together, the room filled with some tension of the sexual variety, mm-hmm. while Robbie drinks alone in the kitchen. Probably a Red Bull cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he heads outside with a bottle and begins live streaming as we hear Kirby ask Charlie to sit next to her. Robbie lets his hall pass viewers know that Charlie might be getting laid tonight, which is something he deems to be geek history. What a horrible friend. Oh, he like, sucks. Why are you doing that? I I also was a little confused. Why are they? Why do they keep calling themselves geeks? I don't understand. What I guess the... they're like film man. Yeah, it's a no, film. No. Like, I, I, well, I, I mean, Randy was a geek. Yeah, I, I I don't know. If you like movies, you're a geek. Yeah, we're all geeks. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like, well, this is the first well, time yeah. hearing of this. Well, Sorry to break it to you. <laughs> but Robbie hears a noise and fearfully turns around, accidentally whacking his head on a hanging potted plant. His camera falls off, and he doesn't realize that he puts it back on backwards. Back inside, Kirby sweetly tells Charlie that now would be the perfect time to make a move. He's like, me? Why don't you make a move? Not realizing that she just did. Oh, yeah. As they lean in to kiss, their lips barely touching, Trevor busts in asking if they've seen Jill. Oh, my God, Trevor, get the fuck out. (laughs) Kirby, annoyed, says that she's upstairs, but Trevor sits down to watch Stab 7 and acts like an absolute tool, ruining the mood and causing Charlie (laughs) to storm out. It's so bad. Like, how do you not read the room that you just walked? And then after he leaves, he's like, did I just fucking, yeah. How did you not see that? They were, like, right in each other's face. No, they were literally, like, a millisecond away from kissing. I was so mad because I've been shipping them since the first time we saw them interact. I actually, I don't know why, but this whole movie, I'm like, do it. Do it yeah, for us. Charlie, like, Charlie, come on. I want them to get together. But Trevor, like you said, is like, did I ruin something? Yeah. And he's in total disbelief when he realizes he did. Kirby's like, who invited you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he leaves the room to go find Jill. Outside, Robbie drunkenly continues his live stream. He stumbles onto the porch, finally realizing that his camera is backwards. But when he fixes it, Ghostface stands directly in front of him in the open doorway. He stabs Robbie in the chest and in the back, and Robbie falls to the floor. He pleads for his life, reminding Ghostface of the rules, saying that he's, in fact, gay, if it helps. Yeah, if it helps. I I was like, I again, I, shut up, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> it does not help, and Ghostface stabs him in the gut. I Again, I don't understand why I don't... Yeah, I, I was confused. Someone, t- again, tell me and I'll tell Nay and JP. <laughs> <laughs> but back inside, Kirby turns off the movie. Realizing that she's all alone, she goes to head out the front door, but is stopped by Jill coming downstairs, saying that she's found her phone and that Trevor is a liar. It's been five whole ass hours. It took you that I long know. to get your phone? <laughs> it's like, we're already watching Stab 8. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But oddly, Trevor, who was supposed to be upstairs with her, is nowhere to be found. Robbie and Charlie are missing, too. This is when they open the front door and are surprised to see Sydney standing there. She tells Jill that they need to leave now, but when they turn around, a bloody Robbie staggers toward them. He tells them to run before collapsing dead. Behind him, Ghostface is chopping wind in their direction. I don't know. (laughs) He got very far away. He's like doing wind sprints like get out. (laughs) But he chases Sydney and Jill upstairs, grabbing onto Sydney before she kicks him in the face again, literally launching him back down the stairs. He flies. I laughed so hard because she like barely kicks him. (laughs) He's dramatic and clumsy, man. But the girls hide in Kirby's room, Sydney forcing Jill under the bed and creating a diversion on the balcony. 
Ghostface busts in, following Sydney across the rooftop, with Sydney pretending that Jill is actually running off to go get help. Yeah. It's actually a pretty neat trick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty neat trick. It's a pretty smart trick. <laughs> that was really neat. <laughs> but as she makes her way around the rooftop, trying windows along the way, she calls Dewey for help on the phone. Just as he says he'll be there and alerts Judy and all units to head to the address, Ghostface fucking clotheslines Sydney off the roof. She hangs on until he goes to stab her fingers and she drops down, taking off. She's like, I've fallen off a higher roof. Yeah. <laughs> this feels better than the back of a boat. <laughs> <laughs> when she calls Dewey a minute ago, like you said, is this when we see him driving? Uh, not yet. I think okay. this is right here. Oh, my God. <laughs> we then see the sheriff's department, basically, all of them. All yeah. five yeah. cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sirens blaring and on their way. I don't know if this is the part where you physically see him driving, mm-hmm. but his emergency driving posture fucking killed me he's got both arms raised up like he looks he's like like a little kid like it just it really uh tickled me i love doing (laughs) well he's driving harder he was driving very hard leaning into it but sydney heads back inside bumping into kirby who says that she tried to call 911 but someone cut the landlines and smashed the router as soon as they hear footsteps they head downstairs into like a basement or garage or something I run out of names these houses. Uh, There's so many fucking rooms. Yeah. This might be a room I've never heard of. (laughs) We're too poor to know what this room is. (laughs) Yeah, this doesn't make me feel bad for them dying. Oh, no? No. It's like, man, you got this big house. Yeah, Yeah, you'll be all right. (laughs) Buy your way into heaven. But as soon as they get down there, Charlie appears outside, banging on the window with a bloody hand, begging to be let inside. So, as we said, this is the only Scream film that does not have a red right hand in it. Oh, right. okay. I see. You see where I'm Fair going? Point. Yeah. Charlie's red right, right hand. hand. Yeah. <laughs> um, at this point, I'm suspecting Kirby for the first time mm-hmm. because she's like, I called the police. Let's do something smart and come. Like the fact that she's making good decisions. Right. I'm like, that's ghost phase. Anybody being smart, you can't trust yeah. them. But I do love Kirby. I love yeah. her so much. Even if, Even if go- she is ghost hey, I was going to say, if she is ghost face, I'm like, yes, bitch, you right. do it. Yeah. I will watch a franchise of her being ghost face. Right. All the killings. It's all right. Yeah. 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 No, I support you. Just from her perspective. I want to see what, she, what she's about. But Sydney tells Kirby that if she can't trust Charlie, don't let him inside. In tears, Kirby says that she can't let him in. Almost on cue, Ghostface appears, smashing Charlie's face against the glass. The lights go out, and when they come back on, Charlie is duct taped to a chair, exactly like Steve Orth in the original yes. film. Yes. Like, yeah. exactly. Ghostface calls Kirby, telling her it's about to get wet in here tonight. He doesn't say <laughs> Just like that. Just like that. But also, it's all Sydney's fault. Yeah. <laughs> Sydney bails to go find Jill and tells Kirby to keep Ghostface on the phone. Sydney knows. Like, yeah. you know that it's not smart to split up. And who gives a fuck about Jill anyway? Yeah, I mean, let her look. If it was Kirby upstairs, no, go yeah. get Kirby. Yeah. But she's Jill. under the bed. She's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Kirby begs Ghostface to let Charlie go, but he starts to quiz her on the genre. Kirby aces all the answers, connecting slashers with their weapons of choice, but unfortunately, she gets the next question wrong, which I totally disagree with Ghostface. Yeah, I was no. like, no. <laughs> Everyone gives it to Psycho. Yeah, like I mean, come on, fuck man. you, man. I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> that like, wasn't fair. <laughs> I mean, I understand he's the one with the knife, right? But I will say that Peeping Tom had a very limited release in the UK, and I believe didn't make it to the states until 1962. But does not uh. matter. Does not matter. But 
Kirby begs for one more question, and he asks, name the remake of the groundbreaking horror movie in which the villain, but before he finishes, Kirby names like every fucking remake ever. No, it's incredibly impressive. Mm-hmm. But I was like, let him finish the question. Yeah, like, don't, I'm scared. Don't do it. <laughs> this is when everything goes silent. And without confirmation that she's correct, she rushes outside to help Charlie. She untapes him and he rises up and we see that he's holding a knife. Mm-hmm. He tells her this is making a move before stabbing her in the stomach. He didn't need to do that. I no. was rooting for you. We were yeah. all rooting for you. I was not. I, <laughs> I was. I was rooting for them, and I could not have been more sad when I saw this happen. Yeah, I was devastated. Yeah, I, well, for a second, when he, like I said, when I was suspecting Kirby for a second, I was like, Kirby and Charlie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I could give it that. Yeah, but then, no, don't be stabbing our girl. Don't, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, I didn't care for them as soon as I met him. Wow. <laughs> Contrarian. Uh, all right. But Kirby clings to Charlie and he says that after four years in school together, she notices him now. It's too late. At this point, though, I'm like, Woodsboro does not seem like it's very big. Right. Where are Dewey and Co? Like, where is everybody? They've been racing toward the house yeah. this entire <laughs> yeah. time. Well, he's driving hard. He's trying to get back <laughs> as quick as he can. That should make him move faster. Yeah, well, he's new I, to it. That's, yeah. why his, that's why his shoulders are like that. But Charlie stabs Kirby again and she falls to the ground. Now, I will die on this hill. Kirby is not dead. 100%. She is bleeding, but she is still moving a lot. Right. I read that there is a deleted scene where she was confirmed to have survived. Well, hell yeah. But it got deleted. And then Wes Craven himself was like, we never saw her dead. No, you said it got deleted? Yeah. Not in here, it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pointing at my heart. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that kind of sucks because that makes me think now they're going to bring her back to be the bad guy. Are you saying that? She won't be the bad guy. No, she's Kirby. She's the best. She's Kirby. She's the best I of us. <laughs> <laughs> but back inside, Sydney searches for Jill, knife in hand. Seeing she's not under the bed anymore, she calls out to Kirby, only to be grabbed from behind by Charlie. He puts a knife to her throat, and Sydney asks where Jill is, and Charlie says that nobody gets away. Sydney then breaks away immediately. (laughs) (laughs) And she runs to the open front door only to be intercepted by the knife of Ghostface stabbing her in the gut. The mask comes off to reveal Charlie's accomplice is Jill. Wow. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I was surprised that it was her only because she has not had a personality so far. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't know who I was till I wore the mask. (laughs) (laughs) I was really disappointed that she got to stab Sydney. Yeah. Well, I'm not not that I want to stab her. I can stab in me. No, (laughs) I'm saying Sydney is for I, I would say a lot of people our age our final girl yes and the fact that she gets stabbed and this bitch is the one that did like i'm like really i don't know i I hate joe (laughs) (laughs) we all hate joe we do um i'm not gonna lie i really wasn't that surprised only because everybody else acted like suspicious Mm -hmm. but she acted like she didn't give a shit like we never she was never a red hair yeah the whole time she's just there I and think so she's I, like myself. Yeah. <laughs> right, guys? Wink, wink. <laughs> Lucille Blue. <Yeah. laughs> there were a couple moments that stand out now in retrospect. Right. Whenever she said that she was sorry about Sydney's publicist. Right. Because she fucking killed her. Yeah. You know, and there's a few other moments that pop up that on a second rewatch, you're like, fuck me. They're yeah. trying to tell me the whole time. <laughs> but the thing it's, is, it's very subtle, though. Yeah. I was genuinely surprised and upset about Charlie. Yeah. I think I was a little surprised 
about Jill. I don't want to say I was underwhelmed because it's not like a fucking Scream 3 situation. Right. Where no. I was like, who the fuck, who the fuck is that yeah. guy? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that I like what they're doing with this. I agree. I I just wish I wish Jill was yeah, more yeah. interesting or more. I mean, just more anything. Do you want me to more tell innocent, you? More innocent, like more anything. Yeah. I'll tell you what it is, though, is that if it was played by a more charismatic actress, right. we'd be like, oh, shit, it's Jill. Yeah. But it wasn't. Yeah. I was surprised, su- bitches. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I was more surprised with Charlie than I was her. Her, like mm-hmm. I said, I was like, Charlie okay, hurt. I knew it. Charlie yeah, hurt but a lot. him, I know we had talked earlier, but when he was in the chair, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. And then after when he stabbed uh, Kirby, Kirby, I was like, you motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. <laughs> I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, how dare you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Jill removes a camera from her mask as Charlie grabs Sydney. Their plan to edit the footage together and upload it, making it all traceable to Trevor. Now, Trevor would have been super obvious as the killer. Right. But yeah. there were so many damn red herrings with him that yeah. I honestly, after Charlie stood up, I'm like, damn, Charlie and Trevor are the fucking Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? well, I, it's just so funny watching it again after knowing the twist and Trevor's just some fucking idiot. This yeah. just, <laughs> that's just there. He's just this creepy doofus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Jill invited me over. Where's <laughs> like, my phone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll elaborate more later. But okay. okay. But speaking of Trevor, Charlie pulls a tied up Trevor from a pantry, Neil Prescott style. Isn't he dressed like Neil Prescott? He is. Like, they really went all out. And again, where's her father? I know she's a grown woman now, but... Are you talking about Sydney? Yes. That's another deleted scene. Look... Whenever, Jesus. whenever, um, get a business trip. <laughs> yeah, right. Fucking jerk. Then you go to Paris when he's like, yes, "Fuck yeah. that!" It's like you're off to college now, yeah. babe. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, none of my business. <laughs> Figure it out. But he, um, I feel bad segueing into this. But Dewey tells Gail that Neil has passed away. Oh fuck! Oh wow! <laughs> and he says this is the first time Sydney's been back in town since her father died. But that, of course, was on the cutting room right. floor. Why do you have to die? Yeah. I don't know. He was neglectful anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, just have him in Paris again. <laughs> but Charlie throws Trevor to the floor and he begs for his life as Jill just reads him for filth. She says he's the kind of guy who fucks you, dumps you, and doesn't even make you famous. Then she starts kicking him. Again, I do not like her acting at all in here. Uh, yeah. Uh, next thing in my notes is, wow, you're still so annoying. <laughs> like, I really thought, like, a heel turn, like, she's going to be like, yeah, you you thought I was some fucking little girl. Uh, uh-huh. Like, no, she's still like, nah. Like, when she kicks him, I was like, <laughs> oh, come on, man. no. I don't know stop. if she's just yeah. not evil enough or what the I deal is. But Charlie hands her a gun, and as she holds Sydney at knife point, she tells Trevor that she is not the girl you cheat on. She then proceeds to shoot him in the crotch. That's a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. not in the dick. Yeah, no. don't do that. That's just cruel. Yeah. I mean, after all you've done, this is what. Yeah. <laughs> this is where I draw the line. <laughs> but aren't they tying it all to Trevor? Like they were trying to tie it all to Neil. Yeah. Well, so Trevor went on this killing spree and then laid down and shot himself in the dick. Well, what is the story is going to be, which oh, we'll they, get to. Right, they got right. into a exactly. struggle. And then she shot him in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> and then he shot himself in the dick. Yes. <laughs> But she then shoots him in the head. Honestly, a mercy killing at this point. Right. Right. And she then asks if Sydney is ready for act three. See, you like you said, you had this dude here or just are you one, one of y'all said he's just dumb. He's just in the movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
why did you waste this character like that? I think because his whole point was to be the red hair. The red hair, yeah. But he's he just never some, was. He was just a creep. He's just some high school dude who cheated on his girlfriend. Like, yeah. that's yeah. all he is. That was something else I wanted to point out is I think Trevor cheated with Jenny. Because yeah. Because at the beginning of the film, she's like, is this Trevor? Yeah. And that's probably why Jill killed her. Ah, okay. So that, I mean, that, make, that makes so sense. All, yeah. it all adds up. But Charlie drags Trevor's body away, asking if Sydney has caught up yet. Keeping with the remake idea, Trevor is the Billy Loomis stand-in, but Jill and Charlie are the innocent victims, this generation's Sydney and Randy. Jill says with all the murders on tape, it's going to be bigger than 1996. They'll know fame that she never could have even dreamed of. Charlie says this time, though, Randy gets the girl, and they share a kiss. Now, I'm just thinking about Kirby and getting mad. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm you could have had Kirby. Yeah, I'm punching the air right now. <laughs> <laughs> But Jill says that she was born for this, and Sydney asks how she could even do this. Jill goes off, recounting the years of living in Sydney's shadow as a member of the family, but not anymore. Sydney says that they'll slip up because they always do, but Jill disagrees. I feel like this could have been like a really cool incentive that like no matter what I did, it was always what what you had going yeah. on that was important. Like this really could have been a, a cool origin story for lack of a better term but it's just giving marsha 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 like yeah, it's it's still I, so annoying like very i don't whiny. know <laughs> i'm just like shut the fuck up like you know when you get to the end of the movie and you want to hear like the killer's monologue or whatever uh-huh. i'm like just somebody fucking take her out mm-hmm. charlie like, hey does oh, charlie yeah. have anything to yeah. say <laughs> <laughs> why is charlie doing this he's yeah. like peer pressure i'm far too sensitive <laughs> But this is when they get in their fake stabbing positions, Billy and Stu style. Charlie readies up for a sweet shoulder stabbing, but Jill plants the knife right in his heart, betraying him. Uh, I laughed a little bit because after she stabs him, Charlie goes, the heart. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, that wasn't the plan. Yeah. <laughs> Not my heart. Yeah. The, the heart. Yeah. <laughs> that just made me laugh. But Jill tells him that being a soul survivor will be much better for her, and instead of becoming Randy, Charlie dies the stew to Trevor's Billy. Sydney asks how Jill could do this to her friends, but Jill tells her that she doesn't need friends. She needs fans. <laughs> I think this is the part where she's like, don't you get it? Yeah. I'm like, Dude, are you slappy? Like, yeah. what the fuck is going on? <laughs> That's what this is about, dude? Yeah. <laughs> But she says it's not about killing Sydney. It's about becoming her. She even killed her own mother to stay true to the original story. She says it's sick, but sick is the new sane. She's not down to live a conventional life. And she says you don't have to do anything to be famous anymore. You just have to have fucked up shit happen to you. Sick is the new sane. I feel like we're accidentally stumbling on these like things this and last week. Uh-huh. I'm like, we're scaring me. Are we all right? <laughs> <It's> an accident. <laughs> I do want to say like this is a super bold point that's being made here and it's again oddly like prescient because now like all you need is one good TikTok right. uh-huh. and you're fucking dancing with Ellen or whatever <laughs> and she's beating which up her staff. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was going to say which is truly where everyone wants yeah. to be. I wrote this script in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> we had no clue. We had no idea. But she tells Sydney that she has to die. Those are the rules. New movie, new franchise. She says there's only room for one lead, and Sydney's ingenue days are over. She then stabs Sydney in the stomach twice, blood pouring out, and Sydney falls to the floor. I feel like Sydney is just like letting this happen. I wrote down, I said, Sydney could have punched her in the face Anything. several times. Yeah. We've known 
through three movies now that this mm-hmm. bitch can scrap. Like uh-huh. she can right. hold her own. But she's just like, nah, huh? And why are you doing this? Uh, you missed the heart. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. She's like, the stomach. <laughs> but Jill goes into frame mode, wiping the gun, sliding it over to Charlie, freeing Trevor from the duct tape, scratching her face with his dead hand and pulling out a clump of her hair. I think she should probably start taking vitamins because her hair should not come out that, yeah. that should not come out that easily. It was it was a big clump. Yeah. <laughs> But she then uses a wall to stab herself in the shoulder before running face first into a glass frame. That was the fucking greatest thing. <laughs> it's honestly like really funny. Like, yeah. Uh, remember um, in Liar Liar? Yeah. When Jim Carrey beats the shit out of himself in the yes. bathroom? That's all I was thinking of. She is a big movie buff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but somehow that's not enough. So she stumbles to her feet, crashing through a glass coffee table. As the police sirens approach outside, she falls down next to Sydney, mimicking her exact body position. This was very creepy. Very. I totally agree. I like yeah. that a lot, though. Yeah, that was... <laughs> it's like, this is too much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's beating herself up, and I'm going to lay down right, right. here. And put, put my, my hand... hand <laughs> just Girl, so. Just a little bit. But Dewey and the officers rush inside, finding all the bodies. Jill is taken away by ambulance, dozens of reporters calling her name among the flashing cameras. One even asks, Jill, how does it feel to be a hero? Uh, a hero? Mm, well, yeah. I, um, I'm like, is this proper etiquette? Like, she's like bleeding out and they're like, blah, 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 yeah. talk, talk, <laughs> Jill, Jill, Jill. Like flashing shit in her face. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, the media does like to get their shit. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what I think a camera sounds like? Ka-chunk, ka-chunk. Ka-chunk. <laughs> what are you, kids in the hall? Ka-chunk, ka-chunk. <laughs> That's a deep cut. But in a hospital room, Dewey checks on Jill and she sells her story like no other. She says that if she ever writes a book about this, she wants Gail to write it with her, considering their matching wounds. She's pouring it on a little thing. A little yeah. bit, yeah. <laughs> But she says that she wishes Sydney was still alive. And Dewey tells her the good news. Sydney is in the ICU and she just might pull through. Now, Jill almost gives everything away. Yeah. What? She's like, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, uh, great. <laughs> but fantastic. I stabbed her three times. <laughs> <laughs> but the exact moment Dewey leaves, Jill sneaks out of her room. She takes off the equipment and the, the shit. Yeah. She's like, no, it's fine. Yeah, don't worry about it. This is more important. <laughs> but Dewey goes to check on Gail, telling her about the book idea. Gail immediately catches on. How did Jill know she was stabbed in the shoulder? Yep. Smartest person in the franchise. Dewey's just like, yeah, y'all do have magic. (laughs) I hope you do write that book together. (laughs) But Dewey rushes out and we see Sydney waking up in her room only to be shit talked and choked by a pissed off Jill. I'm sorry. Is this Haddonfield Memorial? Where is the staff? They're in the hot tub. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. (laughs) Fair enough. And neglecting the babies. Absolutely. Got it. Yeah, yeah, got it. But Sydney fights back and the fight spills all over the room. Jill reopens Sydney's wounds during the fight and with some newfound superhuman strength, throws her against some glass shelving. <laughs> <laughs> and JP's like, just what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you look checked out. Yeah. Well, I get it. She did all that to herself, but she still she's fucking still hurt. hurt. Yeah, That's true. You, you, you know what stabbed. I mean? Yeah. She's not invincible from. No. <laughs> that's that's true i didn't even yeah. think about that she's not like oh damn it yeah. <laughs> you have wounds too yeah lady. her shoulder should be fucked yeah she did throw herself through a glass table yep. she did but whatever but we see dewey rushing down the hall and he calls judy for backup jill hides in a closet 
And as soon as Dewey gets in the room, she whips his entire ass with a bedpan. Dewey. She hits him like fucking four times. Yeah. She does. But this wouldn't be a scream film without Dewey getting yeah. his ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> but she knocks him out completely and steals his gun, annoyed that her perfect ending has been ruined. The only thing, though, you're not walking out of here looking like a victim. Yeah. No. There's, you, you, you fucking ruined it. She could have very easily like just waited f- until later. Yeah. I, my thing when Dewey's talking to her and he's like, she might not. We might have to help her remember everything. I thought he was lying and Sydney was fine. Yeah. Uh-huh. And she already told him everything and he was going to be like, yeah, you know, bitch. And then she finds out <laughs> she's like handcuffed to the bed or something. Wait, is that Dewey That's saying that? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> That's what, everybody calls her a bitch no. in my version. Uh-huh. But you're, you're worse was, than Aaron Kruger. <laughs> <laughs> But he was being authentic and saying she might not have any memory. Mm-hmm. So when you just wait and see, or, yeah. uh, she said that I did it. She must have got hit in the head really hard. Yeah. Like nothing else. <laughs> they must have <laughs> fucked her up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, why would you risk fucking no, every? Yeah. You're risking it all. That is a, I don't know. But Gail rushes in only to have the gun pointed at her. Judy is soon to follow after Gail, tackling her over and behind one of the hospital beds. Was that a save tackle or was that a a tackle? No, it was a save tackle. Right, yeah. What do you think she's like in cahoots yeah. with? <laughs> like, oh wait, I'm with Jill now because she's like and we were chance. <laughs> yeah. we were in Peter Pan together. She didn't remember me. This is for the lemon squares. <laughs> <laughs> but Jill tells Judy to throw her gun or she'll shoot Dewey in the head. So on Gail's insistence, Judy rises up slowly and eventually tosses her gun. After telling her not to do anything stupid. Judy is promptly shot, and Jill's like, don't fucking tell me what to do. Wasn't she shot in the hand? Whenever I was in the theater, I was like, did she get shot in the head, the chest, the hand? I don't know. She got shot, period. Period. Got it. But Jill then tells Gail to stand up, and she makes her way over. But she's like, get your skinny ass over here, or whatever. And I'm like, what is going on? Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Like, oh my god, she's so fucking annoying. But... (laughs) uh, I don't think that was in your notes. No, it wasn't. This is off the dome. Um... Nobody in the hospital hears the a gunshot? No. Nay, they're in the hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> All of them? Already told you. It's a big hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> but unbeknownst to Jill, Sydney is readying a defibrillator. So Gail asks for one final word. Jill's like, what? Please? Gail says, no. Clear. I wrote no clear before she said it. <laughs> and risking it all for a pun. I, no, I adore great. her. I love it. And I did laugh because Jill's like... <laughs> clear (laughs) and sydney repeats it clear she rises up and puts the paddles to jill's temples delivering the shock jill falls to the floor and sydney tells her that she forgot the one rule of remakes don't fuck with the original she's right good point yeah but gail and sydney check on dewey and we watch jill grab a piece of glass slowly advancing on the group (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like because nobody can yeah. see her. Yeah. she's like I'm very quiet <laughs> but Dewey says he didn't even see her coming she was standing right behind them Sydney says they always are and grabs a gun from the floor shooting Jill in the chest finally killing her Judy thankfully is also alive and in an odd bit of comedy faints yeah. she's like I was wearing a bulletproof glove yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But Dewey calls it in, saying that they've got a new suspect as Gail runs off to get them some help. Sydney, to her dead cousin, says, I don't know about you, but I feel a whole lot better. 
So is she the villain? She's trash talking this corpse. I don't. I'm. Sydney always gets her little her little one liners in. I, um, well, I mean, she honestly, she's shot a few corpses in the brain she, just uh, to, no, just for the thriller. <laughs> 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 so I mean, what I did? Jill look superimposed in this shot to you? No, it, it, looked, it looked weird, weird right? It did look weird. I might have <laughs> to go back. No, <laughs> like was you Jill was Jill claymation or was that? <laughs> she was Belial. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I may have been watching basket games. <laughs> but outside the hospital, news reporters eagerly await word from Jill Roberts, the sole survivor of what they're deeming the Woodsboro massacre reboot. They all hail Jill, and as the camera presses in on her face, they call her an American hero right out of the movies. We cut to black and the credits roll. So what did you guys think of Scream 4? Um, it's a Scream movie. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> it's what I expected. You know what I mean? It, uh, it's better than the third one. Like I said, I, I feel like this is comedy horror like it's there's a lot of uh the kills there is like i said the few kills i did like some of the kills mm -hmm. i did uh the whole movie wasn't shit to me but it's it's <laughs> the whole movie yeah. was shit. <laughs> I, I just i didn't care for jill i didn't care for trevor uh -huh. i did i mean the the new stew and billy i guess they were supposed to be the camera guy and the long-haired guy Whoever they were supposed to be, I didn't care for them. I mean, a lot of these people were just kind of, like I said, I feel bad that Guy was in the movie just to try to throw you off uh -huh. and then just gets shot in the dick in the head. <laughs> it's like, dude, really? What You could have achieved the same thing by having her like the dude with the camera. I mean, don't, you know what I mean? What is it? Why did you need to bring in these extra people? Because nobody cared to about be a the Billy. No, there didn't. It's like a remake. No, there didn't. You just could have just not done that. <laughs> um, but then saying all that, I I I did enjoy parts of this movie. That's so good. it wasn't a total like, oh, this is stupid. But you know what I mean? Because it's not. It's a Scream movie. It's what I expect from watching Scream. So in saying that, I did have a good time in watching this one. It's better than the third. I'll take it. I'll, right. yeah. I'll take it. Don't like, say don't, anything else. Don't push him. <laughs> In the show right now. Until yeah. next time. Um, what did I think about it? It's a screen movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love it. It was, I would say, because you said we were going to go back and change our ranking. So mm, I yes. just went with knee jerk for every single uh, movie. Uh -huh. I would say this is probably my favorite sequel as its own sequel, because I do really like to. Oh, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> It's probably the strongest sequel, maybe. I don't know. Even as I'm saying that, I'm like, I don't yeah, know. You, you sound like you're... <laughs> yeah, you sound very because sure. The only, the only thing I would want more of is I would want more of the original cast. Uh-huh. I would want just more characterization. I loved Kirby. Kirby's the best. Oh, Kirby yeah. Kirby is the absolute shit. I feel like I didn't really get a chance to really like anybody else, except Charlie. I did like Charlie. Yeah. Uh, I didn't give a fuck about Jill. Like, I really wish I would have cared about her or her mom uh -huh. because that would have been, wow, she fucking killed her. Yeah. Aunt. Like, that would have been, you know, what, uh, whatever. Again, it's not perfect, but it's scream. Like, if this was an hour and 50 something minutes of just ridiculous shit, but I still got Sydney, yeah. Gail, and Dewey. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, 
eight. (laughs) 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 It's just my my rating system is going to be skewed on these because I just love them so much. Mm hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I really like this one. I don't know why I haven't watched it like I've watched the other ones. I mean, obviously, I couldn't before it came out. But Mm -hmm. since it's come out, I I haven't really revisited it. And I really need to throw it into the rotation because it's a lot of fun. You really should. I mean, I didn't realize how much I liked this until... We, I think we had watched it one time. Yeah. That was the only time I saw it, I like, think. Like, shortly before the pandemic. Yeah. So that's why you forgot it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember anything pre-pandemic. No. But I kind of came away with it with the same feeling. Like, I think this might be my favorite sequel. Yeah. But, I mean, even saying that, I'm not sure. Because I know, because it was saying <laughs> that, I'm like, I'm sorry, too. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I know. Because, <laughs> and that, I do want to kind of give a shout out, because I think we were talking to joe and trace from horror queers Mm -hmm. a long time ago Mm -hmm. and i think one of the first episodes that trace ever listened to of ours was scream (laughs) 2 and and he's like you guys could have been a little kinder (laughs) we could have we could have been in all fairness but i think in retrospect having rewatched all these films for this i've come away with even more of an appreciation for all of them yeah even three for what it is for what it that's the thing is scream 3 come for me or don't is not a good movie. Right. right. It's not fucking good. Okay. I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those two things can <laughs> exist at the same time. Yes. So when we're rating it, I'm like, this isn't a good movie. Uh-huh. I can't give it a good store, a uh, good score, good store <laughs> <laughs> because it's not good. But you know, now it's fucking 2022. Right. And, uh, I like trash. <laughs> My name's Renee. And sometimes I like trash. So Yeah. Do you want to redact or re whatever those now? Sure. Um, before we get into our scores for Scream 4, we can go ahead and give our revised out of 10 red herrings for the first three Screams. Yeah. So for me, on a scale from 1 to 10 red herrings, I would give Scream 10 out of 10 red herrings, Scream 2, 8 out of 10 red herrings, Scream 3, 6.5 out of 10 red herrings, and I'll get to number four after you guys. I almost went right through. And for four. <laughs> no, but please go. Go for it. Uh, I'll be quick. I <laughs> don't want to change any of my scores. Really? Okay. At all. I, I Like I said, I feel like... And, and here's the thing. Like... I like Toxic Avenger. You might not. Mm-hmm. I like, you know what I mean? Tremors. You might not. Right, for sure. I, I get it. You know what I mean? The liking it for what it is. But these movies are just not for me. That's like, fair. I'll, That's I'll, fine. I'll, I'll watch them if your sister wants to watch them. But I, you're never going to hear me say, hey, put on Scream or Scream 4. I'm going to come home early uh, from work uh, Monday <laughs> and catch him watching Scream. You're going to catch me watching the other guys. Or Thor <laughs> Ragnarok. No, yeah, or, that, I mean, that's more, accurate. That's yeah. More accurate. Yeah, that's accurate. Um, but I mean, I just, I can't give them a higher score because like I said, I'll stay in the middle of the road. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Uh, scream one, I gave a five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel comfortable in the middle of the road Two, I gave a five, same thing right in the middle. Three, 3.5. I'm fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I'm not going to sit here and, and trash the movies because they're they're not bad. They're just not my taste. And you know what I mean? No, that's totally fine. Uh, there are, are things I do enjoy about them. But like I said, as far as me being like, hey, let's watch Scream, th- you're not going to hear me say that. <laughs> that's not happening. 
I'll be quick too. I'll go back and retroactively. I thought because we had gone back and given it a nine point five. I thought uh-huh. I was locked there, but since I'm not, yes. uh, it's absolutely a ten. Um, Scream two, I gave an eight point five, and Scream three, I gave a seven, which it does not deserve. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. I don't care. Like you're, I don't care. You're following your heart. I, yeah. I just really was like <laughs> the heart. Yeah. The heart. <laughs> I'm like, what's the first number that comes to mind? I again. I know that especially Scream yeah. 3 is uh, not a good movie. Right. Uh, I still have fun. No, yeah. yeah. And there are moments that are so egregious that they physically make me angry yeah. <laughs> because of the implications that they have on the whole franchise. Right. I don't, I, I still have fun. It's, it's still got Sydney, still got Gail, still got Dewey. That's all we need, really. That's really it. But I guess that can lead us into ratings for Scream 4. Mm hmm. Now, I think this film is a ton of fun. Yeah. Right. Genuinely could have been a great ending for the franchise in general mm-hmm. if they didn't want to make any more. Right. I think it ends a little bit better for me than it would if they had left it on Scream 3. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, on the positive side, I love all the callbacks to the previous films. The commentary on horror in the state that it was in 2011. Yeah. As well as society and this desire for fame. I also love revisiting our characters uh kirby as a new character right is a revelation yeah we're so thankful for kirby yeah (laughs) we very much appreciate kirby (laughs) i just think this film's a ton of fun i think that the violence is well placed i think that a lot of things they do a lot of choices they make is in clear reverence for the franchise and for the fans like we pick up on stuff that they don't outwardly yeah you know call attention to yeah but on the negative side i think there's a little bit of misplaced humor Fuck Bruce Willis. Yeah, Yeah, fuck Bruce Willis. And I do think that some of the stuff is a little on the nose as far as like the callbacks. Yeah. Where he's like, I'm Stu or whatever. (laughs) We got got it. (laughs) (laughs) But I I just flat out love this movie and it's absolutely going to be in my rotation. Yeah. I honestly can't wait to watch it again. I watched it two times in the past two days. I might watch it tonight. I don't know. There you go. But on a scale from one to ten red herrings, I am going to give Scream 4 eight red herrings out of 10 genuinely love this movie and i will now open the floor to you um mine will be short (laughs) all right (laughs) um i did i won't lie i did have a lot of fun you know us discussing the movie and whatever and kirby is the fucking like that no she's yeah uh i gave her a full ass point just for her (laughs) good um but i I did get the warning at the beginning of the movie. Hey, look, this is what it's going to be. But I feel like it's too full of itself. I don't, like you said, with the stew, with the, hey, I'm this and that. Yeah. Hey, this is, we're recreating the murders. Check it out. I know. <laughs> I'm watching the movie. I've seen the other yeah, yeah, I've seen the other. This is the same shit. It's like, I don't, it's like, you're just doing the same movie again. I don't know. What do you want me to do? It's like, how do you want me to be excited for something I've seen three times already? What the fuck? Uh, and and the immunity for the characters. I get it. But the same thing, we like we said, that killed The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. It kind of hurts me on this. And I really enjoy that Andy isn't in the later Child's Play movies because I it's moved on. 
You know what I mean? You need to move on. He's not a immortal character. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Chucky has other things to do. Let Ghostface go kill some other people. Let him something. Chucky has know, other things. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? He's raising kids now. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. He's got, <laughs> he got a family. Yeah, and... he's got he's got a support. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? <laughs> um, but I just you know what I mean. I do get that it's tied to this neighborhood or this town or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean. Come on, man. You can't tell me somebody else didn't watch Stab in another city and isn't going to try to do that there. Or, you know what I mean? Spread it out somewhere else. I'm getting getting a little claustrophobic staying in this box. You know what I mean? It's just the same thing over and over. I understand what you're saying, but I feel like it has to revolve around Sydney. I think it all started I mean, there. Unless you, I don't know, unless you kill her and make something else. Please See, don't. I'm, <laughs> a, I'm, the more that you talk, I know that there are a lot of people that agree with you, and I'm getting more and more nervous to go see five. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I want to see I'm five. Scared. I only want to see five because I want to see if it ends. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was like, please let this be over. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I mean, because they are. I'm not gonna say they. They're not bad movies. But like I said, they're just there to me. It's just like I'm watching the same thing over and over. Mm. And it's like, damn, man, it's like, come on, let's do something else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like get a little more creative. And then with him being uh, clumsy all the time. Why? If it's different killers, (laughs) why is he still clumsy? You're different people. With great what power comes great responsibility. Oh, yeah. I put this this uh, uh, thing, yeah. <laughs> I don't have that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you gotta kill people wearing this, but mm-hmm. you gotta have skates. What, what the, the fuck? fuck? Never skated in my life. It's part of the Good costume. Luck. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. None of us have. Yeah. But within saying all that, I did have a ton of fun, and like I said, for Kirby, I gave a whole ass point. Mm-hmm. So for me, on a scale from one to ten, red herrings. I'm going to give Scream 4 a 6 out of 10. It was a 5 because I wanted to stay in the middle. Uh But Kirby does such a good job. She pushed it over. She she got her own own whole ass point. Uh Like that's all because of her. I'm here for it. Yes. Thank you, Kirby. Yes. (laughs) I feel like I've already kind of outlined what worked and what didn't work for me. So I don't want to bore everybody with being like well let's, <laughs> let's go over it again but i feel like when this film is successful it's incredibly successful right and that kind of excuses a lot of the fuck bruce willis moments or a lot of the i feel like um michael from arrest development her <laughs> like <laughs> jill yeah you know fuck could it be kirby yeah. like I, I would still love kirby like right. uh-huh. Love she's conquers a, all. Yeah, yeah. No, and she's a fantastic addition. I would be so thrilled to see her in five. Oh yeah. Um, but I just this this film is a lot of fun and they, they don't stop with the oh, these are the rules of a horror film, these are the rules of a sequel, these are the rules of a trilogy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still it's still got the same vibe and I just live for it like i mean this has been such a huge staple since i know you and i were really small uh-huh. i don't think you watch scream like that no but we watched it a lot and right. just being able to revisit that it's there's something so nostalgic and so i mean just weirdly comforting in no, scream for it. me yeah. it'll always be special oh, oh absolutely yeah. again if we go see five and it's trash i'll be like wow that was a horrible movie i can't wait until it comes out on blu-ray yeah. like i'm still <laughs> i'm still gonna support the shit out of it because it just there's something in me that it just speaks directly to well mm-hmm. which you should because you love it yeah. yeah so on a scale from one to ten red herrings i'm gonna rank it the same as i did too because i feel like those are both 
they're both really fucking great sequels Mm -hmm. and neither of them are trash because three is trash but i still love it um so i'm gonna give it 8.5 red herrings out of 10 Hmm. and um this has me so like ready for Mm -hmm. five (laughs) i just can't wait no, me neither. Scream forever. Scream five ever. <laughs> Scream five ever. <laughs> Can't wait for some nachos. Like, there you oh, go. We all have something to look forward to. <laughs> well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate Scream for and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at TravisMWH, at Blood and Smoke, and at RealStreeter84. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special thank you to our Wendigo Gitter patrons. And remember, if you want to survive a modern horror film, you have to follow the rules. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned. We want to give a very special shout out to all of our Wendigo Gitter patrons. Woo! You're the best. Around. That's know. not even anything. I and I sang with you. I don't know what I'm doing. And then chastised you. Yeah. How dare you name? <laughs> and nothing's gonna end. Create our duet. <laughs> but special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Melanie Van Houston, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M, Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Guy Fifty Four, Lala Thomas, Travis and Nisa Hunter. Miguel Myers, ATX, Mandy, Jennifer Perez, Pierre Lombard, Allison O'Neill, Carissa, TJ Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Linda, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Jonathan Booth, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, JD Rizak, Molly Gerhardt, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggie, William Barry, Brittany, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Garrett Rogers, Jordan Roberts, Danielle Peralta, Dylan, Melissa Sierra, Holly Bryan, Alex Schultz, Jordan Blevins, Michelle Moore, Liz Heath, and Spencer Montalvo. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We truly love all of you so much. It makes us want to scream for. (laughs) (laughs) So creative. I did my best. (laughs) Until next time.